Hello listeners and welcome to the latest episode of Lost Lieutenant. Just before we get underway, quick shout out for the current monthly and quarterly challenges. Current month of September, we have the Get Organized Challenge. So uh, participate in an organized event in your local area or online on Tabletop Simulator. It doesn't have to be face-to-face because we do quite a bit on TTS these days as well. Uh, so uh, get organized, get involved, have a good time. You don't have to have a good time, I guess, but uh, get get along and uh, let us know how it goes. Uh, send your... Uh, compile your experience and send it through to lossalieutenant at gmail.com to go in the draw to win one blister of your choice. Current quarter challenge running up until September, end of, end of November, is going to be, no, end of current month. I'm so I'm a bit spaced at the moment, uh, is to uh, do a conversion. So take something and uh, buy an infinity miniature or take one off the shelf and change it into something else. And like I said, take a before and after photo, send it through to lostlieutenant at gmail.com. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Welcome back, listeners, to the latest episode of Lost Lieutenant. I'm your host, Nick, and tonight I'm joined by fellow hosts. Jacob. And? And, and Val. Jacob and Val. Three-way combo this evening. It's been a little while since we've had more than just two of us having a chat, actually, but um, good to get you guys both on board. So uh, as it is uh, Burn City Brawl Month, Tonight's uh, today's episode is going to be talking about the five mission lineup for that uh, for that upcoming event, which is pretty exciting. Um, I'm super keen because for the first time, I'm actually going to be a TO instead of just uh, participating in the event, and also the fact that we've been able to score a spot as what is currently Australia's only satellite tournament. So. Pat's on the back for us. Which is that Gavin Bateman up yours. Super, super <laughs> exciting to have satellite status on BCB. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, to so what everybody's been managing to do with Infinity here in, in Australia, that we've got enough, I suppose, I guess, clout to be like, hey, give us one of your big tournaments. Yeah, so... Um... But, um, and big shout out to Peter Henry and yourself, obviously, for getting things in place and getting it organised. This is well, we're not, again, we're not, yeah. we're not quite there yet, but um, it's all, uh, we'll, it's all falling into place, and I'm sure everything will, uh, will be just fine. So uh, before yeah. we get into it, just um, quick catch up, I guess. How are you guys doing? Yep, pretty well. Um, I was going to say. Um, I was just before we, we move off BCB quickly, I was just gonna say on Friday night, uh, Friday, I'll be I've got the day off, so I'll be helping set up tables with you and Pete. Oh great. Um if anyone wants to come down and have some Friday night games, I reckon that'd be a good vibe. Yeah. Uh, be it Arrow, and- be it Infinity, uh whatever. Yeah, so we'll we'll be I I'll I've got the day off as well, so I'll be there all day helping set up as well. So anyone's welcome to come down and, and join us to help with the bump in of the event. So feel free to come along. 
But um, games, hobby, what's going on? Val, you, uh, you and I had a few games on the weekend. Not together, but yes. in the same place. Indeed, indeed. So uh, you were kind enough to uh, join me and the Geelong locals in the uh, throw the dice. So you came all, uh, came down, which was nice. I'm so glad I came um, out as well. I, like I've never that was the first time I'd been to the store out in Geelong, and they've been a massive supporter of uh, of Infinity in the um, in the Greater Melbourne area, I suppose. Yeah. So um, great to get down there and, and check the place out. Yeah, no, it's, it was good. Um, yeah, we had about 10 throughout the day, or uh, 11 at one point even, with um, Dave Scalani coming a little bit late. Yeah, I had um, I had a good time. I had three games. Um, uh, and, yeah, I had a big, yeah, big day. Three games. Uh, one against Josh, who got up and uh, with his Nomads. Uh, he Yeah, he got me nicely with uh, turn three play. Um, and then I played Taj against his tack twice, just to kind of... Uh, Re-racked as the first game kind of went badly because Major oh, sure. Luna just dominated. Yeah, is, this, is, is this where your desire to uh, take up tack has come from? Getting uh, stopped a little bit actually. A little bit. I've been thinking about running tack for ages now, and like just watching watching him playing to me, I'm like, there's so many dirty things he could do to me right now. He's just not seeing it because he's relatively new. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, I have to try. I have to try. Yeah, I. I so you had. One game against Nomads, two games against Tack. Cool. Um, I only had the one game in, but it was the first game that I've played since Novacore. So it's been at least two months. Jeez. Actually, long, more than two months, right? Since since I've had a game. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you what, it shows. Um, I was so rusty and just like... And all, I played played Dan and like he's um, he was telling me he's kind of lost his competitive edge a little bit. And um, the, I guess that competitive spark that Infinity... Um, has is kind of ebbing a little bit for him. So neither of us were playing our A game and we just, we just kind of, um, we didn't, we didn't get rules wrong, but multiple times throughout the game, we just forgot about things. We forgot about AROs. We forgot about um, like certain things. Like in he, in my first turn, he went first um, and, and, and like his first turn was fine. But then in my first turn, I started moving some stuff around. He had a few camo markers, which I'd completely forgotten about, but evidently he'd forgotten about them as well because um, he didn't ARO with any of them until like I'd spent a few orders and he's like, oh, actually this camo marker could probably ARO that whole time. And I was like, yeah, well, I didn't fucking remember it was there. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, well, next next order, it's going to actually have line of fire. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That happened a few times, and then in my turn as well. So it was the first time I was playing um, White Company for the first time as well. Um, mm-hmm. My my first venture, my first real venture away from a using sectoral or a using faction. Uh, but I've made this joke before that White ban- White Company is half using anyway, so it's not too far for me to stretch. Right, White Company. Um with John Hawkwood and a whole bunch of Pano and Yujing stuff mixed together. It's, it's delicious. Um, yeah. you, you say white and for whatever reason, my mind goes to um, like Savenheim or the white banner. No. Yeah. But so that's white, the, yeah. the, yeah, there's a few different, there's a few different flavors of white when it comes to an affinity. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I took um, one thing that I think white company can do really well is they can get a really good hacking network deployed at the turn zero so during deployment you can get some really nice repeaters up the field um, as well as a couple of really strong hackers so to 
uh, take advantage of that. I took a missile bot for the first time. I uh, saw so, uh, like a clipper, is it? Clipper drone bot. Um, and, and again, literally first time I've really ever properly run uh, or, or built an army around trying to really have a go of using a missile bot. But my first turn, I completely forgot it was there. Because I had spot, I'd, I'd used spotlight in ARO to spotlight something, and then spent most of my orders trying to deal with that same thing that I had had spotlight on it before I remembered that it was even the spotlit. So then I just spent one order to launch a missile at it, and it died, um, which is yeah. what I should have done to begin with. But again, I guess Infinity is one of those kind of games where when you're not getting the reps in, um, it it can take a bit to uh, to bring it bring it back home but i still had a still had a good time i ended up winning the game when he so he was playing vanilla pano and had a is it ulan ulan, ulan. The, the ulan the tag that's um got a camouflage state and um or a marker state rather uh, with camouflage and he sort of his end of his second turn he left it pretty close to my deployment zone and so i just launched oh. a picture right next to it and then hacked it um, to total control. So it was his tag became my tag. And by that point, he'd already spent all of his command tokens as well. So there was no real way for him to um, to get it back, unfortunately. So that was um, the game was pretty much done and dusted from there. But um, it was still real great to get out and sort of see some of the Geelong crew. And um, um, I actually sat down with Josh after the game. Um, so I, Josh, who you played against um was it no different josh no different josh um anyway i sat down with josh afterwards showing him my list and we sort of tinkered with it a little bit to see what i could sort of maybe move around and um, change change it up a little bit so which is always great to get that sort of feedback um so yeah yeah what about yourself jacob any any games lately yeah i mean i've been uh with house of war i've been trying to make that that Thursday every week, um, trying to get trying to get the reps in for BCB with um, uh, just trying to God same sort of thing, just trying to remember how to play it competitively because it's been a little bit, um, and yeah, just practicing with Toa, Toha, Toha, say, yeah. Um, so I've had I've had quite a few games against O12. I think as far as O12 versus uh, Toha, I'm an expert at killing uh, those cops. Very nice. Because um, I think I've had like f- maybe three, if not four, games against uh, O12 players. Um, and then so I, yesterday, oh, not yesterday, my last game was against Peter Henry. He was playing vanilla CA. Um, and you were talking about missile bots. I get to, I got to experience um, that sort of firsthand. Um, him running um, around with an anathematic, uh, with hacking device plus, just spotlighting things and firing, um, uh, just firing with missiles at them. Yeah, beautiful. Very, very nice. Um, but not playing BCV to ruin the day for people. Oh yes. Oh yes. I don't have to deal with that army. Uh, no, it was it was it was, it was quite clever. Um, I wouldn't say I got uh, diced or anything like that. I just I just couldn't get anything to work. Um, uh, the anathematic. I, I I deployed much too aggressively for because we were playing firefight. I put guys way too far up when playing Toha because I've got the um, 
Because we've got symbio bombs, there's no reason to push so hard up. Um, I just protect them with the sim. I just protect things with the symbio bombs on the. Uh, sorry, Ferroware on the tech wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just end game or anything they get to clear uh, near or if they're close to the symbio bomb, you yeah you burn the symbio bomb to do whatever you want end game. Um, or uh, eraser. Uh, yeah, so I just push things up way too far. He just got too many good uh, bits, uh, good shots at the uh, at the very beginning uh, of the game, and so you know, it happens. Live and learn. Uh, and against O twelve, um, I've had a lot, a lot of games, um, a lot of games where I would probably say my opponents did get diced. Um, I've had. I probably I I think my last game against O twelve playing acquisition, I don't think I lost a model. Like that's how rough the uh, game was for my opponent. Yeah. Um it's, yeah, that can happen, but look, uh it's all just practice at this point, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's been good uh learning uh Toha. I'm really glad I managed to pick them up just before everyone realized you could sell them for a million dollars. Um and I'm I'm looking forward to playing playing them a little bit more. Uh, looking forward to seeing how they go in BCB, and not looking forward to seeing how Julian plays them. Because Julian's playing Tohar as well, so it's like everyone's just decided yeah. to pick up yeah. Tohar all at once. Well, guess the uh, the CB stats don't lie, then, do they? Yeah. And they said Tohar's one of the most popular ones. I guess. Seems like CB aren't or something. Some somehow. Um, um, we'll be recreating the like the war that happened outside of the human sphere of just CA versus Tohar. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. The other thing of hobby that I've been doing, actually, that I just remembered, is I finally unboxed my 3D printer setup. Hey, finally. That I, that I won at. So that was at the Road to BCB tournament at House of War before the last um, Burn City Brawl. So Burn City Brawl 2021 was postponed until january this year so it was we've got two in the in the one year but in december <clears throat> just beforehand we had a um we had a event where we got to have yeah a tournament at house of war with three rounds um and they gave us a 3d printer as a lucky door prize as well as a curing and a wash and cure station uh and they've actually since donated a few more um printers and i think we've got two on offer at burn city burn city brawl this year as well which is amazing so i um finally unboxed it and have done a test print and it um came out less than ideal um but it um is is that the one that comes with the machine that's right yeah so it's like yeah it's like it's a cute so it's an any cubic is any cubic yeah uh mono i think it is um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that particular model they like they. It is the way it is. I printed. I did the exact same thing, and mine failed as well. In the same way as mine, or different. I don't know. Had yours fail? So, oh, I put photos on the um on the chat, but one of the corners, like the the cube had made itself like ninety percent was good, except one of the corners didn't come together properly, and then the lattice is a bit warped a little bit in in one section. Okay, I had I yeah. had a. I I was sim- what was that about? I was, I was going I was say, 
Uh, can go. we do 3D printer tech support after we've discussed the most exciting <laughs> that, thing that's, that's happening that's, in Melbourne? That's, BCB. That's right. Well, no, no, I'm excited about my, my 3D printer because it means I can now print off the bases that I want to put my uh, my new army on. I'm really keen to actually start doing okay. a, a little bit of 3D this printing. Is, so. This is one of my favorite things. Someone post that up if I can get it there. That uh, yeah, yeah. is a 3D printed net rod. <laughs> Great. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> now, now, now two extra points as well. Great. Um, so um, let's get into it then. I guess we'll have a bit of a chat about what's going on with, with BCB because there is still spots available. Uh, I know it is. It's currently we're recording on Monday night. If you're listening to this before Friday, I guess, so in the next four days, then um, and you hadn't heard of Burn City Brawl and you are available for two days to play some amazing games with some amazing people, definitely come check it out. So it's... Um, going to be at the Collingwood Masonic Hall um, and all of the info can be found in links that we have posted literally everywhere. No one should have not heard about this by now, basically. If you're listening to us, you would have heard us talk about it. Um, and if you've never played Infinity, but you have a spine, come and play anyway. Sure. Come and learn the game. Um, play. But yeah, so we're, uh, we'll be bumping in on Friday and then, I don't know, maybe organize some pizzas or something Friday night. Uh, and then round, uh, sorry, day one, three rounds, unmasking, acquisition, firefight, followed by uh, a dinner as well. Just around the corner from the from the venue, like literally 20 meters away, there's a cute little Mexican place and they were more than Ooh. happy to have us. So um, we've, oh, we've pressed, we've, they've, the they've, they've got us, they've cordoned off the entire um, outside courtyard or like beer garden type area. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us entirely. And uh, so... If, uh, if you are coming along as well, feel free to bring a partner. Um, if, if you want, it's always nice to uh, to bring the Infinity Wags along to these types of things afterwards. Always nice to have a partner too, but oh, anyway. Oh, yeah. um. <laughs> Can't all be so lucky, I suppose. Um, and um, yeah. I actually can't so, wait for the Saturday night. Well, though, it's I like, because I was, so in terms of organizing the event, right, Pete has done an miraculous miraculous job he's like he's really diligent and sort of has um goes through like his whole checklist that is that he's put together of all these different things and like prioritized them and and all that sort of thing and um kev even though kev's been out of the country for the past two months has still been like extremely vocal on our organizer chat to help get everything organized in every way that he can um my job is to organize the social night on Saturday night. That's all they trusted me with, I suppose. Um, and I probably did leave it a little bit too late. It is like the footy finals are starting on that weekend. And um, I contacted a couple of venues that like, yeah, like I was thinking about it doing one thing or, or something else. And then I was like, hey, you know what is actually really cool? Rather than going to going to a pub, which we can do after the after we've had dinner anyway, mm-hmm. it's always nice to just go somewhere where we can all eat, somewhere that's not going to be absolutely rammed. Like last year we went to Stomping Ground and Stomping Ground is that oh. awesome venue, but awesome. it's but it's 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 a bit I don't want to sound like uh, I mean, I, there's only there's no other way that I know how to say this. It's a bit too mainstream for my taste. Yeah, whereas, I, I don't know. Whereas a little hole-in-the-wall Mexican place that sells nice-looking food for a decent price and um, is fully licensed, 
so you can have as many margaritas as you want within reason, I suppose. Um, that for me, post day one of an event like this just feels really appealing. So I hope everybody else agrees because that's what I've organized. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> we'll make the most of it. You said you left it a bit later. You tell him you didn't have contingencies for when a monarch dies. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. luckily, luckily, the um, the new public holiday that we're all going to be getting on Thursday next week is going to be once the event is completely done and dusted. So we're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say. So in terms of the night out, well, it doesn't matter where we start as long as we got all the everyone together and people are mingling from interstate. But the main thing of Saturday night is um, the festivities that will go later into the night. And I don't want to say this on, I guess, I don't want to be recorded saying this, but there's one of the players, John, that's coming down from Geelong. I will be spiking his drink, and I will be taking him out on a night out. Spiking, um, spiking his drink with love, you mean, I'm, I'm With sure. love, of course. With, yeah, with, yeah, with no, love. of course. No. <laughs> no, but no, I actually can't wait. All the John guys come down. We're all, gonna, we're all staying at the Birches. Um um hotel or motel whatever nearby so it's just going to be it's going to be a good good time because you know uh, it's like walking distance to the venue it's just i think there'll be heaps of other people from interstate staying there as well because they're pretty booked out yeah um so no it's just it's all it's all good oh that's great um and yeah like we mentioned before there is um it is it's got satellite status as well which is which is great just adds that extra level of prestige to what is already an amazingly prestigious event well, I just hope whoever wins, um, be it uh, Hector or I guess Hector, um, I just I just hope they go. They actually make the use of it and go to uh, go to Spain. You know. Well, I mean, um, actually make the trip. Yeah, I guess without me, I'm not playing to beat Hector round four, round three this year. So um, maybe He's he maybe he is in 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 the in the running for top spot. But there's the still we got over fifty players, so it still yeah. could be could be anyone's you never know as long as somebody from interstate doesn't fucking win that'd be fucking that'd be embarrassing <laughs> that's, that's um weird. um cool well, uh now i've got another event announcement here jacob someone slid into your dms apparently and asked you to promote an event so you can take this one all for yourself yeah um, so uh ryan just wanted me to speak his event and we are always more than happy to so uh highland uh highland vanguard tournament uh, it's being held on October the 1st. It's a 300-point, you know, standard two-list uh, event um, held in uh, Berowa, near New South Wales. Uh, so it's uh, first round is Biotech Vore, and you get lunch, capture and protect as a second round, and the third is Supremacy. Uh, we'll post the details up, but um, if anyone's in New South Wales and wants to have, you know, a nice one-day tournament, um, uh, sign up. Go along. Looks good. Cool. And what are the missions? Uh, biotech, vol, uh, capture and protect, and supremacy. So a good mission lineup. I like those ones. Yeah, really great mission lineup. I think I think those that would be very fun to build list for for sure. Cool. Mm. Well, I think uh, now we've got that out of the way. Without further ado, let us jump straight into talking about the five missions. What we're here to talk about. Um, on the topic of missions that are easy and fun to build for, we've come to missions that are not fun to build for because these fucking suck. So yeah, just a yeah, quick was... rundown of the five. We're just, what we're going to do, as we've, I'm sure you've listened to these types of episodes before, where we just talk about the mission. We'll give a bit of an overview, 
to begin with on like what the overarching goal is, I suppose, followed by, um, or included in that is a description of what the map is going to look like, and then followed on by a breakdown of the specifics of how you get the points. So a full breakdown there, and then any other um, bits and pieces, plus then our thoughts on what it, what type of stuff you don't want to leave in your, in your, in your box or, or at home, things you, you, you want to bring with you and um, what you might want to look at to, uh, to make a winning list. So first up is I'll jump, uh, jump in first, if you like, boys, with the first one, which is unmasking. Now, um, this is when, when, we, when we were looking at the five missions that we wanted to select, we wanted to have a few, like a few sort of more stock standard missions, things like firefight, frontline, and a few more curly ones. And unmasking is definitely a bit more curly. So basically the way that unmasking works is you've got standard size table, 12 inch deployment zones, uh, along the center line of the table, there is three uh, consoles equally spaced along the middle. Uh, and they are inside an eight inch exclusion zone. So eight inches on either side is an exclusion zone as well. Um, on top of that, you've also got three HVTs. One of, uh, when you deploy them, each player will decide which one of those HVTs is the designated target. The other two HVTs are decoys. What your mission to your mission is, if you choose to accept it, is to walk in to that exclusion zone and push a console. For each console that you press, you get to pick one of your opponent's HVTs and they'll tell you if it's the real one or if it's a decoy. After that, once you've revealed them, you then get points for killing decoys and for killing the HVT. Uh, does that about cover it on a on a high level view? Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Exactly right. You cool. push the buttons; they tell you which ones. Uh, you pick a dude and you kill him. Yeah. So to break um, that down into how that adds up to ten points. So to kill the enemy designated target, but only if it has been previously revealed, is three objective points. To kill the enemy target decoys, once they've been revealed, is one point per decoy. To kill more enemy target decoys than your opponent, and at the end of the game have the same number... Okay, so that's so there's three there for killing the designated target, mm -hmm. another two for killing the two other decoys, and then there's another mm -hmm. one if you've killed more decoys than your opponent. So that's six already. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... We've got at the end of the game have the same number of activated consoles as one point or at the end of the game have more activated consoles. That's two points. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the game, have your designated target not killed. So to win, to get it, to get 10, right? You need to kill your opponent's designated target, kill both of their decoys, mm -hmm. Um, what else? And then um, make sure yours yeah, make alive yours are still and alive. Sure and in the process of that, you have to press every console and press, stop them from pressing every console. Press exactly every right. console. Press no, press more consoles. Press more consoles, but yeah. Um, but to press, no, you would have had to push all three consoles to reveal all three to kill all targets. the, um, yeah. the HVTs. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, so so there's there's quite a few moving parts. For sure. Um, 
on top of that, you've got the consoles there, and the consoles, um, they do get a hacker bonus. So uh, if you're a hacker trying to touch the console, you get a plus three to your whip roll. Uh, and you also get to you get two dice, dice two dice as well. So yeah. um, it is, Which is huge. Yeah, huge. That, that, when that, whenever those bonuses are in play, like a hacker bonus in this instance, no man, you, you're yeah. really doing yourself so, a disservice not taking advantage of it. Exactly. Um. So it's just interesting. So if you push the console and then kill the enemy designated target, you get three points. Right now, what if the opponent? pushes two consoles and kills two decoys they get five points so so that would draw the game wouldn't it so i have oh, killed i've i've pushed one button but i don't get a point for pushing the button i only get points for pushing no, more or the same number that you have so i've no. i push one button and kill the designated target that gets me three you've pushed two buttons which is two because you've gotten more buttons than I have, and you kill my two decoys, which brings it up to four. So that'd be three, four. And then, no, and then three, at the, four, and at then the, one more. But and then at the decoys. end of the game, more decoys. I've, I've more decoys gets you up to five. But you haven't. But you. And then, and then my designated target's still alive, which gives me another two. So that would be five, five. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a bit of a roundabout way of getting it, but it's 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 the sort of thing where a lot of these. So, well, some of the points are dependent on you getting them and you achieving them prevents your opponent from achieving them, like uh, getting more, for example. Um, yeah, you can I guess still, you can still is... both kill each designated target. And there's enough wiggle room in the way these points are allocated that you could definitely come up with, a, with like a 5-5 five, five draw is a pretty high scoring draw. Yeah. What I'm saying though is, as soon as somebody kills, as soon as you get the opponent's designated target, the game becomes pretty hard to lose, provided your designated target stays alive. I, so, I think I, I think keeping keeping your designated target alive is probably the hardest two points to get in this mission. Yeah, you reckon? I reckon that's probably the easier one to keep it alive. Or, yeah, keep it yeah. Alive. But you, you, your that's that's the biggest thing that your opponent is looking for. But like, I mean, it's 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 a tricky like it's a tricky is... one, right? You, exactly. um, depending on the what, and, and also it's it's going to be hugely dependent on what the deployment zones are looking like because there might be some really nice places to hide, uh, HPTs and yeah. hide your decoys, hide your designated target, which could favor one side over the other. That's the other thing. You that can't you, control that. No, that's right. You can't and, control that. But well, you but, can control. Well, you you can control it in a way in that. While it's the type of mission that might want to favor an alpha strike to get in there, push a button and kill something real quick. If you've got a table that's really nicely defensive, but not necessarily defensive in your deployment zone, but defensive in terms of being able to set up your, uh, your targets in a spot where they're going to be, where you're going to be able to defend them nicely. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, even then, but even then, that's table dependent. What, what's not table dependent is how easy you make it for the opponent to push those middle buttons. And that's that's something that's just occurred to me. It's like the the exclusion zone is going to make hunkering down in the center hard. It's going to be order intensive mm -hmm. because you you're not going to have there. things deployed up there already, right? Unless you 
unless you got um impersonators like um unless you're playing Shazvasti or or, yeah, 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 yeah. or things like that where you can actually deploy beyond the exclusion zone and have a little bit of yeah, a buffer. Yeah, your opponent's little four-inch Yeah, or and, and it makes, make them deal with something mm. on their way out of the deployment zone. That's that's something that um, that you can look for, um, but it's still it's a tricky one. But it's interesting, yeah. I don't know. I just thought the the, the yeah killing someone's designated target is huge. It takes away two points from them and gives you three. So it's yeah, it's it's pretty massive if you can if you can manage yeah. to get it. So I don't know. It's just it's an interesting mission. It's a very difficult mission. So the one I played the most leading up to the event. Uh so basically, um, I don't know. I find it very difficult. I don't yeah. know about you guys. My take on it, and people have different. I think because there's a whole nother. Sh- this whole shell game of what as well as of where you put your designated target where you put the decoys do you do you put your designated target in what is the obviously most heavily defended area so then your opponent but then that might flag that to your opponent that that's obviously who it is or do you sort of try and put that on its head by putting your designated target in an area that is on first glance appears to be less than I less than the ideal spot. My opinion on that is I would put and I've done this before just for ease of like my own sanity is to castle up hard in a so if if the table allows for it, castle up hard in in a certain section that has so there might be one place that it's really well defended or sorry in the occlusion zone one really good deployment spot for your, that's really defensible for your for your dudes for your targets there's no reason why you can't just put all three targets right next to each other and then put your entire force up holding all angles uh, yeah, down on all that. Yeah. I, I have Absolutely. always, every single time I think I'd gone to a game of unmasking, the thought has crossed my mind of, do I just shove them all in this corner? And, and I, I know, I know, see how that goes. I know, I've definitely done that in the past. Um, but so it's something to consider, right? Because you might just mm. think, oh, I need it. I need to spread these out. You don't need to spread them out if you don't want to. If the table's not giving you options and there's only one good option, that's okay. You can still work with that. Yeah. Remember that, like, um, if they haven't revealed the designated target, they can't just accidentally shoot it. It's a, it's a civilian until they reveal it. Exactly. And by doing that as well, by putting them next to each other, uh, actually, would it? Um, I was, I was going to say that it would stop you from using templates. It would the, if they were, if if you couldn't the, make no, if you it, couldn't figure out a way. No, it wouldn't because oh no no because they go around them. Yeah, don't HVTs they now. Yeah. now just completely ignore templates. Yeah, um, that's right. It's as if they're not even there. So it, yeah. don't worry about that part. It used right. to be like that. You could yeah. you could have used it as back like in a wall in, back in N three like two years ago. Yeah. So um, yeah, but it doesn't work like that anymore. No. Um, other thing to note is that you can um, uh, sync with your HPTs, right? So if you if you yeah. if you want to, if you have like if you're if you've got the first turn, for example, you could there's no reason why you couldn't put one of your uh, designated targets right on your edge of the exclusion zone and spend a couple of orders moving up, syncing with it and just bringing it back into your deployment zone. 
putting it in a better yeah. position than where it started, making it making it uh, life really hard for your opponent. And if you've got a decent order split, like maybe nine and six in the different pools, going first, sure, one of them is going to be stripped, but more often than not, your big pool is the one that's going to be stripped. But that's okay. You use the six orders that you've got in your secondary pool to go up and get the de your designated target, bring him back into your deployment. There's no reason why you couldn't do that with six orders, maybe with like a motorbike, or it doesn't even have to be a motorbike. Something, anything could really do that. Um, and then after that, spend your first or for your other main pool to advance up the table, maybe push a button. If you get lucky, maybe try and shoot something as well. But... Um, it's just sort of thinking outside the box yeah. rather than you don't have to play the whole game in the exclusion zone. You can, you can get in there and get out. Yeah. I, I think when someone come, when, when someone comes to an unmasking table, you sort of have to look at the table, think about your army and have a plan of you, you, your first turn should probably either be, like uh like uh like fortifying your position or getting those three buttons pressed yeah i agree uh it's yeah if um, you can get if you can if you can, if you can aim for two all, what all three you reckon that's, oh, if you can aim for two can, yeah that that's right because if you if, 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 if you hit at least two you're going to know which one is the designated uh target no. even if you don't get to actually shoot it ah I um, yeah that's right like, yeah you have to press uh, the third button but you're going to want to maybe press the third button anyway Mm, that's um, really actually, that's a good. That's a really. But good like, point. it depends. It depends. It depends on your army. I mean, if you've got a lot of fast specialists, like if you like, whenever I see unmasking, my mind instantly goes to playing OSS. And if you've got the hacker Azura, yeah, your first, uh, your first aim should be run up, touch all three buttons, right, and then that you should have plenty of orders left to do something else. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now that's um, a good point. You, you're right. If you press two buttons, you're going to know which one is the real one. Yeah. So and hopefully, hopefully you'll guess it. Buttons in turn one. Um, yeah. Right. Um, I've got a couple of notes I made for this mission. Um, I'll just go through them if that's go for if it. you guys are cool with that. Unless you have. Yeah. Go man. But basically, because there's an exclusion zone, it means um, and the middle consoles are basically what enable you to do the mission it's really important to be able to press onto the middle consoles. This means you want, like Jacob said, fast specialists, you want camo or you want smoke or all three, mm. if you possibly can manage it just that way. Because if the opponent finds a way to lock you out of that middle, strong aero presence or lots of deployables or whatever, it's going to make it really hard to play that mission. So um, yeah, I think, I think having some source of smoke or camo where you can get to the buttons unopposed and without having to spend lots of orders fighting, Conversely, if you want to achieve that, uh, mad traps and crazy koalas. Oh yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, make the opponent really suffer because of the, uh, this mission already is super auto intensive. Having to press three different consoles and then get your way to three different targets, it's just it leaves very little orders to kind of be able to fight your enemy at the same time. So it's a really order uh, intensive missions. Um, this is where I think um, factions like um Ariadna are uh, blessed with Ermandino's like the ability to have smoke a specialist and an impetuous order for this mission is just wow it's just so good so good yeah I mean pack of one of my favorite things which is the bloody uh, paramedic on a bike that yeah, has they, yeah as well oh there you go yeah they, that's even better yeah they move eight eight four with smoke 
Um, the next part I was going to mention is when you're deploying your uh, deploying, deploy in a way where you can strike any of the three HVTs that the opponent has, because oh, so the opponent might bunch them up, like Nick said, or they might spread them out. If they spread them out, um, you want to be you want to have a, a way to strike all three of them. I guess one of the beautiful things here are drop troops, forward infiltrators, and impersonators. So we've already touched on the impersonators, um, and forward infiltrators would be like the Shinobu or Noni Waban. Uh, which allows are you talking about trying to infiltrate into that four inches up the yeah, very exactly. front of the board? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So those are so if you don't have if you don't have a fast uh, fast assassin piece like a bike or a Sujan or or what or the Rushi or whatever to get to the HVTs, I guess these are alternatives. But I but you do just want to make sure that you've got ability to strike all three HVTs. Yeah, if that it's, makes sense. It's an interesting point about drop troops because often when you see an exclusion zone. You, the, your, your first thing is, okay, I'm not going to take drop troops or I'm not going to take infiltration because if, you, yeah. if, you, if you're spending those extra points for infiltration, for example, you are straight off the bat negating a huge amount of the table that you're not going to be able to deploy into um, where you normally yes. would. So, but in saying that, the, the opportunity to then use that infiltration to forward infiltrate Take the role and um, see how it goes. You might, you might cross get a, your fingers. Might get a really nice, um, really nice piece in a really nice place for you and not for your opponent. Mm. Um, exactly. Drop troops yeah. the same, right? Um, even there's only there's only a four inch strip, or two sorry, two four inch strips on each side of the table that a drop troop can walk in on, but it can still drop in your opponent's deployment zone exactly. and cause havoc. So, I, and I, I think, in, I think, especially this machine, your cheap drop troop. So, like, not your Knights of Santiago mm -hmm. or your uh, like your Bukta. Definitely not your Bukta. Oh, maybe your Bukta. Um, but things like um, the Garuda mm -hmm. or um, just anything, anything cheap with the yeah, combi rifle, points, right? Right, exactly. they can just, just drop in. Drop in yeah, take you know you're not losing too many points. Drop in, shoot the target, suicide. You know, just drop it, just drop them, and then just forget about them. They die, they die. Just get the points exactly yeah. right. So as soon as you reveal the right one, just have the most direct or efficient way to get to it, I, which is a drop troop. Make that seventy percent chance roll, or sixty percent, or whatever it yeah. is. Uh, get in there, put three dice into it, and move on. Yeah, and I think I think if you're if, if you're if you're if you if you're taking a big uh, drop troop like the Bukta, as I said before. Um, uh, and then I think you really should aim to touch those three buttons so your Bukta can just walk along those four inches and just bam, 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 get rid of them. Right? Uh, you know, he may not he may not kill your opponent, but I think fifty points is worth spending on you know the three main objectives of the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. I was going to say, if anything else to add, I'll just move on to the third point. Yeah, otherwise, you just keep going, Val. Easy. So, if you're going second, you want to consider your opponent's deployment. Um, so, once you, if you're going second, right, you've chosen uh, to deploy second, and your opponent's likely chosen to go first. Um, they, they'll they'll have deployed all their models and their HVTs before you put down your HVTs or any of your models. I guess one thing you can want to do is have a look at what they've deployed, see if there's an obvious piece that's going to push the buttons. Uh, deployed. So, for example, they have a soft attack which moves six four. They're uh, on the right side. They're probably going to push the right button first. Or if they got smoke that way, 
that might give you indication which button they're going to push first and therefore that might give you indication how you should deploy your hvts and which one should be the designated target um uh, i guess then you can from there you can decide if you want to make it hard for them and try and make them change their plans uh, by putting up some arrows or you're just going to let them push that button um, and just take the other side of the table i guess um that's 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 a, that's a lot to think about in deployment but i guess yeah i guess I, I think that's a pretty legitimate strategy what do you guys reckon does that kind of make sense it does um i guess talking about deployment would you guys what do you think is prefer is preferable going first or going second if you if, you, if you've won i mean it is going to depend on the table but if you've won the role are you thinking you'd lean more towards in taking the alpha strike or taking the um the security first First, yeah, me second, it, me deployment. If 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 I if I can if I can punish my if I can punish something in the first in the first turn, and then pull back to consolidate my position, and then I've got two turns to kill three guys, I take that over. Just ha like the thing the thing about going yeah. second and trying to defend is that aro is never going to be as good as an active sure. turn anything. So I'd rather get my shit done and make you fight through my stuff, especially especially if I can then like if I have to sacrifice my specialist, I'd rather get I get the like do what I need to do with them and then let them die. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, kind of leaning towards that same opinion in that I think first is very strong in this mission because while you've you've got an exclusion zone, which means that there's a whole area of the table that no one is allowed to deploy in, if you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to be the first one to occupy that zone, you can then make your make it so much harder for your opponent to get to the buttons even before before even talking about killing mm -hmm. your um your targets, they've got to get to the buttons first to push them. So mm -hmm. if if to get to the buttons, if they have to get through you, uh, that can make their their day real tricky so i mean i I'd, I'd probably maybe spend if you're going first spend your first turn almost redeploying right march up into that exclusion zone and and hold hold the buttons i mean in saying that you don't want to overexpose yourself which which you definitely yeah. could do yeah in doing i agree that. with nick if sorry go I... on. I no, think you... I think I think one of the good things about going first is <laughs> when you first deploy, all your units have to be behind the HVTs. You go first, and suddenly, if you have the orders to do it, you're now you can now put everything in front of the HVTs. Yeah, right, you yep. can then have the forward. You can have some dudes covering in the back. You've got this. You've got this protective ring around them. That if you do it right, your opponent has exactly. to get through more than they just can in a single turn right ignoring making That's the right. buttons hard it's just yeah but the distinction is if you can get it right because like nick said if you overexpose yourself they'll just mow through you and then they got an easy turn two and three if you do it just right where it's difficult for people to push the button and get to the hvts all of a sudden it's just costing them so many orders to deal yeah. with your uh, aero presence so it's a real fine balance and i think that's what makes this mm. mission yeah really really good um I think I just quickly touch on the other two points uh, really quick. So basically, there's a fast, fast attack piece is uh, very useful in this mission. So uh, once you've uh, found what, where the target is, it's nice to have a, an assassin 
which can move quite quick. Um, be it with a cyber mask, a model with cyber mask, or a camo that can go into a camo state and then get there, or something that just moves 8-4 um, or 6-4 or something like that, so that they can get, do an assassin assassination run. Um, I think we also mentioned the fact that, you know, you can super vac your HPT to safety, and here you can also double bluff. Uh, you can maybe... Super vac the wrong people. one. <laughs> Uh, and you can uh, you, you, that a long time ago in N3 you did that to me you did that exactly to me that we're too. playing IIS he grabbed it I was like oh it's clearly that one and it wasn't nah, that's right uh, and it, it can't work because it, 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 it seems like a it seems like a lot of um, a lot a of effort way. for minimal payoff but uh, you can still you can do it yeah that's right you can do it exactly right um finally uh deploy the other tip uh, i think it might be useful to consider is deploying your hvts away from the buttons um that way it's not like two birds with one stone so basically sure. make it as hard for your opponent to kill your hvts after pressing yeah. the button yeah. as possible you want to you want to make pushing the buttons and killing your targets two distinct things that they have yeah. to spend orders on doing separately yeah indeed and i agree yeah, and look, like, you know, we were talking about, you know, gripping them up and all, all that sort of thing. If you've got a bunch of, like, spread out but hard positions to get to, um, what comes to mind is often, like, the corners for, like, a raised platform and then it, that goes down with some stairs to the ground level, so to speak. HVTs tucked into those corners are always really difficult to get to because they're quite easy to defend. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you've got one on one side of the board and one on the other side of the board, don't be afraid to spread them out. They're hard positions to get to, right? Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a there's a reason why they're difficult. And if you have to have one HPT, um, you know, uh, with his dick out in the breeze, well, yep. you know, yep. two out of three ain't bad. Yep, I uh, agreed. Um, and the last thing we've already touched on this a little bit, and this is going to be, uh, this is my. I mean, Kevin been going back and forth about what this means, but I think every mission has a degree to it, which where it allows it for you to, I guess, have tempo, whatever tempo means, um, in 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 the game, if that makes sense. So basically, puts you on the front foot and puts your opponent on the back foot, so to speak. I I've written down what I think it, uh, creates tempo in this mission, um, and that is to kill the easiest HVT you can, rather than aiming for the right one. So just push the buttons and kill, get a get get a uh, HVT kill, be it decoy or designate target, doesn't matter. Just get points on the board. Yeah, getting get those and runs get, on the board. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And then that really, I think that puts your opponent really on the back foot, um, because now getting points on the board is hard hard on this mission. But I, I don't know. Was do you guys agree with that, or do you think it might be more just fun? Revealing the HVTs is what gives you tempo rather than killing them. Because because it doesn't matter if you've pushed two buttons and revealed two decoys and killed two decoys. If the opponent gets the designated target, they're already even with you, as we've discussed. I mean, it's, I... it's an interesting mission to try and break it down that far. I, I don't... Hmm. I think it's going to be too dependent on too many other variables as to what, as to what you need to do. I do agree that probably like picking when you, with the first but like that's a, this this is the question right when you push your first button do you reveal the easiest one to kill or do you reveal mm. the hardest one to kill right good question because yeah, I, I, I i would i would say reveal the hardest one 
because then because, because then, then the designated target's going to be on the on the on the table maybe most potentially because the I mean, reason I say that is if you've got an easy target to kill, let's say you get to the third turn, you've got four orders or something less. The easy target to kill is going to take the least amount of orders to kill. So the you, hardest you target is going to take the make, most you, know, you can make up for it later. Yeah. Jacob, a bird in the hands is worth two in the bush. It is. That's right. That's the thing. Um, and Kevin's actually, yeah, so we were talking to Kevin about this as well. Kevin has the other approach. He's like, nah, fuck it. He's like, I don't even try to guess the right one. I don't care. I just guess whichever one's the easiest for me to kill. And if it happens to be that one, great. If it's not, doesn't matter. I'm just trying, I'm going to kill them all. I'll just do it the easiest one at, at a time. That's that's okay. that's an interesting, that's another. Yeah, uh, no, I don't, there's, that's, there's, that's giving me food for thought. There's so many different approaches that you can take at this mission. So yeah. in conclusion, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a fucking kind of a mission. Um, a let's move on to round two. Um, sure. Which sure. is acquisition. So, uh, if mm. one of you fellas like to talk me through what acquisition looks like, okay. yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, go for it. Let me just let me just get it up. Fifteen of the ITS doc. Thank page, you. Page page uh, page. No, no, I got it. I got it. All right. So, uh, I'll go through the points real quickly. Go through the uh, map. So the main object. Okay, you want to do the map? Okay, so like, you've like got... We, like we outlined at the start, we'll do an overview of what the map looks like and what you're trying to do, and then talk about what the specific points are. Yeah. Yeah, so this this is set up very similarly to the middle of um, unmasking. So you have three objectives uh, through the middle line. Uh, the two outer objectives, so the ones on the sides, are uh, just consoles. And the one in the middle is a tech coffin. So uh, at the end of the game, you want to have, you get a point for each, um, oh, sorry, you get two points for each antenna that you've activated. Yeah, at the end of the game, you get uh, one point for controlling each, um, each uh, uh, antenna. So that's just having a unit in base contact with it without an enemy unit being in base contact with it. And then at the end of the game, you also get three points um, for uh, being in control of the tech coffin. So having somebody touching the tech coffin again without an opponent touching the side of it. And the tech coffin's the one that's in the center. Yeah, right. the tech coffin is that center um, objective. Yeah. Um, uh, you do get you do get an engineer hacker bonus. I'll just go quickly go through the other objective stuff. So same as the last one, uh, two rolls plus three to whip. Um, and we'll go through the rest now. So a really interesting point that you've missed there, Jacob, when look, talking about the, the map, is that you've actually got a 16-inch deployment zone. For um, I'm going to miss it here in the freaking podcast. I'm going to miss for, it on the game. For this mission. I can't is, tell you how many times I've de deployed up to 12 inches on a 16-inch deployment which uh, is, game. Which is huge, right? Yeah. Um, this is... It's... I, I really like acquisition. I feel like it's one of those. Um, mm. It's I feel like acquisition supplies and supremacy are like um, um, uh, really the dad yeah, missions. Think, we yeah, get it. They're the, that's right. <laughs> they're, they're the infinity dad missions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so acquisition is the uh, is the dad mission for this event. Um, I like it because I like buttons. It's not too complicated, but there's enough moving pieces in there to. Um, yeah. To, to, to sort of throw a few spanners in the works. Um, we get a free bike, 
bike recon you do. at the moment. Bike re- so recon, we get a, yeah. we get a free, boom, boom, boom. free motorbike, which is nice. Um, again, yeah. Quite, like, good, quite, quite good for this mission, actually. And they're specialists. No, no, they, no. Count, they count as a specialist for ITS uh, for this ITS season, I think. Are you sure? I'm oh, going to double check oh, that. No, no. It says right here, for the purpose of this scenario, the motorized bounty hunter is considered a specialist troop. I, Which is I've fucked. never seen that before. That's amazing. Which is fucked. This thing can get from the 18... From 16 plus 8 is... 24. Um, that took longer than... We can edit that out. If there's a... No, we're not going to see any of that. You, <laughs> no, you the point is... Oh, the point my is, God. In one order, he gets to the console. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So that's it. When you're talking about a 16-inch deployment zone... That also means that if something's got forward deployment plus eight, it's it can deploy up to the midline. It's as good as being an infiltrator for well, the most part. Locust are great again. I oh, know Locust always had. Yeah. Sorry, um, Kenren are great again. So yeah, that that means that things are going to be right up in your grill a lot sooner than you might expect. Yeah. Um, it all. I mean, it also means that the area that you can walk a drop troop on is much diminished because uh, the yes. deployment zone is so much larger. Um, it's the other thing to really remember about this mission is that it doesn't score. Nothing scores until the end of the game. Yeah. Right. So sure. it doesn't matter what you do. Turn one. It doesn't matter what you do. Turn three two. the only thing that matters is what you're doing. Turn three. But can yeah. I ask what gives you tempo? I'm just. I'm at this point. I'm, I just want Kevin to what? fucking have I don't, a kid. I don't, he I don't know what tempo is. Okay. Um, All right. So let's define tempo t- for the sake of this discussion. Basically, my idea of tempo is basically. Isn't it just? Don't you that... just mean like the upper hand? That's not tempo. Well, yeah. I... Tempo has something to do with pace. Well, it is. Yeah, because the thing is, so tempo is anything that you do which forces your uh, opponent to take into consideration when they're d- making their decision okay. for the action. Uh, so that's my definition. But I don't think that's what tempo is. I think I think tempo is What's the tempo? ability to act. And um, I think, in my opinion, the only thing that generates tempo in Infinity is having more orders. So if you want to have, if you want more tempo, you need to kill your opponent's orders without spending your own. That gets you tempo. But this is why I didn't want to have this tempo conversation because we don't we have completely different definitions of what tempo is. Yeah. So I I would honestly rather not talk about what tempo is. I know but, but, I know okay. I know you, you I know you're having okay. I know you want to I know you want to tease Kev when he's listening to this episode later so that he can fucking bang his head against the wall because we're talking about tempo and none of us know what it means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but, okay, but what what gives you the front foot? Uh, we'll take tempo away. Well, but, uh, no, no, I'm, but. but We'll we, if you want, like, seriously, though, we can have a completely different episode <laughs> talking about tempo, how we define it, what it is, how to how to achieve it. No, 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 that's not, that's not separate from the context. We've got a lot to get through, Val. I just don't want to have this conversation right now. <laughs> please. No, but, um, but please. We're talking about the mission. Please. <laughs> no, but, yeah, but in terms of the mission, what yep. gets you on the front no, but you, you, What's the first thing you want to do? Kill my opponent. Yeah, this this I, this, uh, this, I, this I, one is a. I'm gonna. I'm when I play this mission, uh, it's got so the only thing uh, I know I have gotten the nickname previously of Nikki No Breaks, where I've killed my opponents too hard and ended a game in retreat. But um, if you can do everything just shy of that to 
kick your opponent's teeth in as much as possible and then get in the right position turn three. I feel like that's the only way to do it. This is one of the few missions where you might want to try and get your opponent into retreat. Oh, so you can if you can do it in turn two, you mean? They fuck off and you get whatever you control. It's a good good idea for if you're going first, just get them into retreat by the time they start their... Even if it's the end of the third turn, right? just kick the shit out of them, they retreat, and hopefully you've got a control of enough stuff that, yeah, well, too bad, so sad. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you guys would go really hard on the front foot for this one. Big time. There's, on, on this one, especially because you can turn the consoles off your opponent and it makes like them having the console makes it no harder on you. Um. You may as well go with ha- as hard as hell. Mm, interesting. Yeah, like, right. Uh, everything may as well be a turn three rush. Right. Well, for me, I was just looking at the points breakdown, and I figured the consoles are actually worth a lot more than they pre- than maybe in previous iterations from memory. So the consoles worth two each. So two of the so if you just by pushing the buttons on the two side consoles, that's four points. Yeah. That's more than the central objective. Oh, I should say there's one classified objective. Yeah, 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 that's right. But what I'm saying is by pushing the two consoles on the side, you, that's that's four points. I think that's, for me, that's what I would be doing first and trying to, yeah, trying to get those early points, I guess, penciled in, obviously, because yep. everything's counted at the end of the game. But you get them penciled in early, right? And then I guess then the opponent's kind of forced to do, uh, forced to kind of consider the fact that they're potentially losing uh, they're four points down potentially, yeah. and yeah. and that's that's an issue. Or it could even be five points down, right? Because you the other thing exactly. you can achieve, you, you can get you can achieve your classified before the end of the game, right? Mm. So while right. while you don't actually score the points for the main for the antennas by pushing the antennas until the end of the game, it's still something that you can do before the end of the exactly. game, right? Yeah. As opposed right. to the other four points, which is um. Oh, sorry, five points because one. So controlling each antenna Other. is one each, and then controlling the tech coffins yep. three. So there's still. That's, right. that's interesting. Yeah, I guess so. There's five points based on mm-hmm. positioning. At the, sorry, turn end game position is is fifty percent of this mission's points. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that also means that the other half, the other fifty percent, is not. Yeah. Yes, that's that's right. So that that that's what makes this mission. Yeah, is actually really really interesting. Um, and even though we tease it as a dad mission, I think it's got a fair bit of depth. Well, the 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 thing is, uh, other than other than maybe the classified, all of these can be done, you know, with your final few orders, depending on uh, what everything is. You don't have to do any of this. Like you don't gain any anything really f- from doing the objectives before your last turn. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying because I think I think everyone's ended a turn with one or two orders that they don't really have anything that for so, them to do with. Like yeah, if no, they no. did something, well, I disagree there because I'd say that the advantage yeah. of doing the pushing the buttons and getting you classified before turn three is that the things that can push those buttons well your engineer is you know engineer and your ha- engineers and your hackers because you get sure. engineering hacking bonus are still alive my god yeah the, my the, god, the right. things yeah. the things that can do your classified objective are still alive 
Yeah, um, fair enough. So in that respect, I would want to get those points as soon as possible. Yes, yeah. with particularly with pushing the buttons, your opponent can take that off you, but that's still effort that they have to go to to make that happen. Oh yeah. my god, it's almost like you're setting the tempo. Oh, lads, we got there! I don't know what tempo is, I'm, and I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, but I, I, th- I, think, I think this is uh, one where, like, prioritizing killing something, or, like, ki- yeah. killing your opponent, it, like, killing your opponent is going to be the priority with those sort of things being secondary. Especially if you can manage to get rid of like hard, like really tough pieces, it makes it all the more harder for them to get what the five points uh, yeah, for controlling yeah, right. any of the things. Interesting. Um, yeah, you, 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 yeah. So both of you both uh, said that you guys lean into the killing aspect of this mission, which is really interesting. Um, I guess considering the sixteen deployment zone, I think you guys are probably. Uh, right there to a degree in the sense that mm. it's the perfect uh, i guess environment for an alpha strike so because it's going yeah, to it's going to take less good. orders to, to yeah, do exactly right because you don't have mm. probably only one less order let's be honest um because there's going to be one less move move out of your deployment zone but um yeah but it can it, it all stacks but it also and, changes and... yeah but it also changes the sort of weapons that can engage at the optimal range straight away it's yeah. so like a Spitfire, a 6-4 moving Spitfire, say Blue Wolf, is engaging and it's in good range much earlier than against uh, on a traditional deployment zone, I think. Yeah, and one of the things I always find that this is uh, forward deploying mine layers, their mines reach the yeah. objective where often you'll find that if you've got a normal deployment zone, they can maybe just touch like the very far end of the objective, but mm-hmm. that's it. That's right. Um, I was also. I'll just quickly go through some of the notes. Uh, we covered most of these, but basically, um, 16 is deployment zone. So be pre- prepared to uh, perform alpha strikes as well as sustain them. So you, um, I guess you want to build a list in a way which can sustain alpha strikes. Um, the we've also had the, the the importance of the consoles in the middle. So the ability to defend them through either mines, crazy guards, mad traps, make it hard for the opponent to end their turn on them uh, at the end of the game or throughout the game to push them. Um, one thing we do haven't touched on is how you actually control uh, a console. So, controlling a console, you just have you have to be the only model in base with it, which is which is where I guess hidden deployment troops come in because they can either they're really strong in this mission because they can last turn either move on to, and touch a console and grab it, uh, pretty much un, unopposed, um, or they can deny the uh the opponent a console so even if attack if, if an opponent has an avatar sitting on the middle console what you have to do is touch it uh come into base with it with one of your models um and then that's it you take it away that's from it. that's that's a really interesting point um yeah that, so the, just the denial aspect depending on where your points are up to at that point just denying your opponent the extra points could be all it takes it. Yeah, having that one uh, one twenty six point ninja just sitting there waiting there mm. and seeing what do I need to do to swing the game in my favor? Which one of these do I need to um, deny my opponent with? And I don't know. The, I think the, I think it's pretty interesting. The only the only the only bit I would argue against um, using uh, like uh, sorry the um, um, anything with a marker state is that they they, they uh, can they contest if they're a marker? No. 
No, they have to come out. No, so, so you'll have to either dodge if they have a template weapon. Or... Yeah, so you, you'll have to dodge and stuff like that. The problem is, is that for the most part, those models tend to be a little bit on the Which... weaker side. There's obviously exceptions to every rule. Um, like the uh, like if you've got an um, Oniwaban, right? They've got pretty good fizz, um, so templates aren't going to worry them too much. Plus, they've got smoke, smoke, dodge. Exactly. Um, the other thing is you can come up behind the line of sight of the model enemy and then dodge three inches because ninjas have three inches dodge and then end yeah. up in base. Or if they're prone behind the console, they can't see you. You just prone on the other side mm. and just touch it. It, it, it it's circumstantial. Uh, it's obviously circumstantial. Yeah, but and, it and is, like uh, it, 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 it doesn't have to be you know the toughest model in the world. Uh, like when it come, what comes to mind for me is like a drawl. You know, you you put a drawl with a, a symbiomate and. They're going to be a nightmare for you to for exactly. anyone to get rid of, like yeah, short of some like a really good MSV two piece, and even exactly. then, can you put a mate on something years. that deploys hidden? The draws don't have a hidden uh, state. I th- oh, so we were, I th- we thought we were talking about hidden deployment. Oh well, no, you like uh, Jan said. Yeah, I'm saying like I'm saying like you don't have to have like em- like mimetism. Strong mimetism is going to be good for yeah. the um, mm. controlling things as well. Yeah. That's exactly. why the bike. Thing- that's why. The, that's why the bike is so good because mm. if you're going second and no one's on the middle console, that bike can make a last turn dash for the middle, yes. touch the the, the uh, any of the things they have to hold. But I'm talking the tech coffin here. Touch the tech coffin, um, and if you're going first, you run them up. Touch the tech coffin. Put them in suppressive. They're not easy to get yeah. rid of. Yeah, you need, yeah, you're exactly right. But you want multi wounds, so templates can't get you off. But also, like, just smoke, throw a smoke there, and then just walk in with an eight point Ermadinho, and then you've denied an avatar. Like, it's, it's, instead of spending your last turn spending eight, seven, eight orders to try kill something off the point, think about potentially just denying them by uh, contesting it. If yeah. that makes sense. Is that's that one's one thing. Um, now, one question to put to you guys: What would you con- t- uh, contest the middle objective with? Middle point. Would it be heavy infantry tag, or would it be something mim- mimetism heavy? Um, I will, I'd probably go with something smaller that can go prone. I don't know if I'd put a tag. Okay. Um, it, yeah. It, it, this might be just me, but I would even say that. I don't need to have an answer to that question because under almost any circumstance, I am always going to go second in this mission. Even if even if my opponent chooses deployment, I will still choose the second turn. Really? What if you're oh, so right. okay? I'll, 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 what if your opponent just says, "I'm going second? Yeah. Well, okay. Then, Wait, can, yeah, well, then can I, there's that. nothing I can do about that. Yeah, um, so then, what are you contesting the middle objective with? Oh, jeez. I'll, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No one's... Um, um, have you ever had someone just yes, say, I'm going to win a roll and say, I'm going to go second? I, I had somebody where I chose deployment second, and he said, I'm going second. Mm, nice. Um, yeah. I oh, know. I think... I think the most obvious thing to contest with is something with multi wounds and high stats. So that'd be a heavy infantry yeah. tag in my mind. Um, but I don't know. That, that's my. That's my. The, the only reason. The only reason I'm saying maybe not a tag is you can only have cover with a tag from 
like in front as soon as they get to around where their base is aligned with the base of the objective you're out of cover um yeah whereas at least the heavy infantry you can go prone and make yourself harder to see depending on what you are but flanking a tag and flanking a heavy infantry is that the same they have to get the same place yeah, but a tag's big, it's tall, it's just easier to see. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, I'm just saying I probably do it with... Yeah, you probably... probably I mean, yeah, if, if no, I was going to do it, I, I'd do it with a Cruiser Borak. If I if I could pick anything out of the game off the top of my head, Cruiser Borak. Okay. Yeah, okay. nice. yeah, something, I, I think, not a tag, because it, particularly if you're using um, scenery pieces for your consoles, if you're prone, you can hide behind it. Um, and tag's going to come prone. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yes, I'd be able to hide behind that. Um, yeah, okay. So heavy infantry, which can, yeah, go prone behind that. So yep. like Achilles or something. Um, I, I was going to, yeah, sorry. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it would be an odd situation, but, um, if the tech coffin happens to be like on top of a building or something like that, um, it could be, it could be that your tag can't fit as well. Yeah. I think that, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen, mm. but, but, but um, it, you got to look at it in terms of what, um, what in your army gets you the points, and what, mm. like, what are the, uh, what's the goal of the different things inside your army? So, for example, mm. taking a tag, the ten points that we can achieve here, which of apart from the yeah, the tag pilot can push the buttons, right? But there's nothing that a tag can do in terms of controlling an objective. And you said it yourself with the example about an Ermandino contesting Sorry, against an avatar, right? right? So. Right. I, I would say what you want to do really, if you're taking a tag is use the, use your tag as your alpha piece, throw it at mm. your opponent and make it something for them to deal with and spend all their orders on rather than them achieving the mission. Because your, your tag is not there to get you points. Your tag is there to kill things. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. So un, yeah, unlike a mission it, yeah. like supremacy, for example, where you want to keep the tag alive because it's so many points to put in different zones. That's not, that's not, in the equation when we're looking at acquisition the yeah ta- the, good point. the tags there to be a beat stick mm-hmm. and um a, a speed like a, the biggest speed bump you've ever seen for your opponent mm-hmm. to, to take care of to even get into the middle so that so that they're having to spend their orders on 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 taking on, on dealing with that that's how i see tags being used in this mission um yeah very cool so if your if your tag is still alive in turn three I, I think you've you've done it wrong because you you want your opponent spent you like I would if I took a tag if I was playing the blue wolf still I would literally march it up to my opponent's deployment zone with all of my points put it in a very tricky position take out the hackers if I could uh, and just leave it there be like here's my here's my tag yeah. he's in your deployment zone what are you gonna do about Deal it with him. yeah yeah and if, you, if if you're going first you still got your tag. Obvious spot, make, let it be able to see as much as possible, suppressive fire, and just have it give the middle finger to your opponent's deployment zone. Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, because I was saying, the, the one of the things I was getting at is, obviously, if you think people are likely to take heavy infantry or tags to contest that middle zone, then getting an early repeater around there, like on a roof or somewhere hard to get to, but still mm. overlapping that middle zone would be a real pain for the opponent. That'd be a real pain point yeah. for their plans. Uh, so, and but but I guess a good work around that is what Nick's saying: use your uh, tag as a hammer um, rather than the objective getter, um, and that I guess I'll avoid it. The other thing um, on the middle objective, if you've got a warband nearby, so 
either the warband's on the objective or it's next to the guy who's on the objective. Opponent might come out and you just ARO throw smoke on the objective and it doesn't kill you in that order. The smoke goes down. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll tell you what would be a really good objective holder is a flash pulse bot. They're cheap, so they're cheap, so that you're not so you're not um, wasting points by leaving them sitting there. They've mm-hmm. got a repeater, so they can kind of if you've got a hacking presence, they can use that as a defense mechanism. Uh, and they're fast as well; they're six six, so they can get there. And you're actually not. Yeah, I I don't disagree. To be honest, that's that's not bad at all. Um, and they got mimetism, um, they get cover, mm. they can go prone. Yeah, look, I don't think that's bad. Um, I just think something on the I think something on the console, if you can go in suppression fire, that helps. I think that's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's nice. I was, but, I, I was just I was just thinking, um, send in the um the combined army uh TR bot with the plasma rifles. Yeah, that's beautiful, right? But yeah. Um I'm thinking if 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 I take Sun Tzu, um I think he'd be good to get the, but he's a lot of points, um, so who knows? Who knows? Uh, we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, it's just interesting. I think it's a great mission, though. I really do. I think yeah, Nick's right when he says it's one of his favorite missions. I think there's good reason for that. Cool. Um, well, do we want to move on to firefight then? Mission three. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I can read this one out. I guess. Go for it. Uh, seeing as we're taking turns. All right. So page twenty-seven when it loads. Okay, so starting with the deployment, um, someone has been very clever with the mission selection because it is again three consoles in the middle. It's almost differently positioned. It's, it's almost like we designed it that way. Almost like everything was designed this way. No, absolutely. So, um, Peter, Henry, Kevin, and yourself have done a very good job making life as easy as possible for themselves, um, while still producing some good missions. Uh, but yeah, so basically how this mission works or the deployment uh, maps out is 16-inch deployment again. Um, uh, then no exclusions or nothing like that. Three consoles or panoplies, I guess, in this mission through the middle, one central and one eight inches from uh, from either side. Then what we've got uh, is no quarter. So there's no retreat in this mission. So... Furthermore, there's designated landing area, so drop troops come down with a plus three or a plus six if you've got an Evo, so watch out for those uh, Knights of Santiago. Um, you can also walk in from any edge, so everyone is a Rassiat and everyone's a Diplomat. Um, furthermore, the Panapolis uh, can be accessed by, I think, anybody. And you basically do a willpower check and then you pull something out. There are some bonuses uh if you are it isn't just for booty yeah i think if you have booty i think you can just pick is that right no or no, you, no, roll you can't twice. pick <clears throat> um a trooper rolls a weapon piece what do you have they can repeat the roll um they don't have to they don't they don't have, they don't to, have to take to a whip check. they don't have to will to a whip check Nice, cool. So that that's good. So everyone's gonna be running um, bounty uh, motorized bounty hunters uh, this tournament, I suspect. So I'm sure that'll come into play. Now, in terms of actually scoring, um, uh, getting points, you get two kill. Uh, you get two objective points if you kill more specialist troops than the adversary. Then you kill more lieutenants than the adversary. Another two points. You kill more enemy army points. Two points again. So that's six. 
At the end of the game, acquire more weapons or items from the Panapolis. That's one objective point, so we're up to seven. And then you have three classifieds worth one each. So I guess, what are you... Oh, and there's blizzards. Blizzards, everyone, there's blizzards, blizzards, bring CDs, blizzards. Um, that way no one has an excuse for the weekend. Uh, what do you guys reckon? Um, for, for me, another like firefights, another mission that I always like because I really like drop troops and the fact that they can walk on anywhere is for me, it's just great. I really like that. Um, and that, what that means is that don't forget that drop troops are going to walk on anywhere, uh, because that, that will definitely happen. And if you forget, you're going to have a real bad time. Um, yeah. I yep. just been. I just had the book to open because I was just looking at it because I talked about it, and now you've mentioned it can walk in from anywhere. I'm just like, oh god. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's in. So I mean, there's a lot of killing involved in this mission, mm -hmm. but then you can't discount the fact that there are three classified objectives. So so yes, there's you get two points for killing more specialists, but you can't just not bring specialists because. You've still three got, you've still got three classifieds. Yes, I know you don't need specialists for all the classifieds, but still about half of them need some kind of specialists. Yeah. Um, but you could probably, you might be able to get away with like just sort of bringing, uh, bringing hackers like you would normally bring hackers and not going out of your way to get, it's not like, we're not playing highly classified, right? And it's not countermeasures. Um, but still three classified objectives is, is a lot. I yeah, think no, it is. I always, I always look at these ones, um, and for me, the the uh, the profiles that always stand out are the non-specialists with G, the non-specialists with D charges, um, to get that sabotage. I always seem to pull it. I don't know about everyone else, um, mm -hmm. but it's nice to be able to have it kind of easy to set those D charges, as well as your dual specialists so your sophitex you like your engineer doctors um or your engineer yeah. hackers uh so like uh fiddler she's an engineer hacker isn't she not a hacker she's an engineer uh no just an engineer oh sorry just an engineer uh, so they're like 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 yeah Pavati or um uh zoe and Pywell. um i i always think those ones are golden. Yeah, I think you're right. That that would be if you can have access to it, that's great. Uh, if they mm. can fit in your list, absolutely. Um but yeah, I guess yes, yeah, the the fact there is a there's a nice like balance between the points on offer for uh, for classifiers and therefore likely specialists, mm. um reward for taking specialists. And then there's the double edged sword of uh having specialists which your opponent can kill. So I guess yeah, either you have Dual specialists, like um, like uh, Jacob was saying, or I guess you have tough specialists, uh, like I don't know, Knights of Justice, or yeah. I mean, um, I, I know I did sort of bring up the the fact that the three classified objectives can't be ignored, but I st I still feel like so much of this mission is based on killing that the army that I'm bringing, I still want to have killing as my main focus, and then yeah. uh. I'm not avoiding taking specialists, but the specialists that I take are incidental. 
Yes. So I'm not going to go out of my way to bring no specialists, um, mm. which is a strategy it's that like you could do. But game. but I'd still yeah. bring a paramedic. I'd still bring a couple of hackers. I'd still probably bring an engineer if I've got a lot of lot of remotes. Um, yeah. And I'd probably just hunker them down pretty hard. Just be a bit more con- conscious. Yeah, of, be, uh, exactly. Be, be conscious that there is two points in it to mm. whoever caps most of these guys, right? Yeah, right. For sure. Um, what about uh, lieutenants? Oh, this is a tricky one. Yeah. So, so uh, unlike unlike decap, this what, lieutenant secret. Mate, you took those words right out of my mouth. I was about to say exactly, exactly Sorry, the same mate. thing. <laughs> um, un- unlike decapitation, where um. Was that written in your notes, or did we just think about the exact no, same thing? No, I swear to God, God, we thought about the same thing. Um, yeah, unlike decap, where the lieutenant is a known quantity, you know who the lieutenant is at all times. This one, you're still trying to kill lieutenants, but you don't know who it is. So, again, it's it's there's there's no um, there's no hard two points. Well. It's it's yeah it's not a, it's not easy to achieve. None of these things are really easy to achieve, in particular. Um, but the fact that there's no retreat means that you can like really. It's the type of mission where if 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 you can if you can table your opponent, there's no reason not to. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, yeah, right. Um. Yeah, no, this mission is definitely, like, if you can kill, kill, and then if you can keep killing, keep killing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no stopping. Um, what do you guys think about, uh, oh, yes, Panapolis? Um, who, the, the, what I've got in my notes is, I think warbands are the perfect things to get the Panapolis with. So, because you don't need to be a specialist. You just need to get there. And then the thing that's going to benefit from it is, I guess, warbands because that just increase anything they pull out of there increases their ability to i guess trade up and deal damage what do you guys reckon i i've in my entire infinity experience i've never gotten anything out of panoply that had a marked difference or impact on the game to be honest um yeah okay interesting oh like maybe actually sorry that's a lie there was one time that I got a tag that got eight four move. Um, apart from that, but even that, that was a bit of a meme. Um, like, yes, there's there is some nice things in the chart. Mimetism neg six, um, extra burst for tags, um, extra movement, that sort of stuff. Even MSV, but still, a lot of it's a bit meh. All these different clo- yeah. all these different close combat weapons, unless. Like anything that you want to have a nice type of like an ex- anything that you want to have an explosive close combat weapon or a monofilament close combat weapon already has one kind of thing. I mean, th- there yep. are times where you take something that might have an AP weapon and it's nice to get an explosive or a I guess. DA on. Yeah, them, that's that's yeah. true. Um, well, like a light flamethrower instead of, uh, instead of a chain rifle. Yeah, your warband. That's nice, isn't it? Is it? It's shorter range. Yeah, but the thing is giving you option, right? So if you if you're yeah, within that, if you all of a sudden continuous damage is dangerous. Yeah, but oh, see the thing the thing is it's not changing what your opponent will do. Yeah, your opponent's right. still gonna like they're still, going to they're dodge. Still gonna dodge exactly. Right. So yeah, sure, you get the chance of having continuous damage, and yeah, why wouldn't you use it if you got close enough? But yeah, so um, it's, one of the I, nice things in there is the arm four. It's not that's not half bad one. It's something to really frown at. Yeah. Where's 
Where's, where's no there's not there's no there's not arm four. Yeah, there is on eighteen. It's other troop types. Oh yeah, okay, there it is. Mm, yeah, oh so wow, yeah, eighteen. That's an absolute score. And the tag gets total immunity. Far out. Yeah, that's fucking wrong. That's so wrong. Um, yeah, that can really swing the game. But obviously, you can't rely on that. No, so yeah. I don't know. My opinion is that you know, give it to the troops that are already running up there. They'll score the points because yeah, uh, you've pressed them. And if it gives them a little bit extra, great. But at least you're not exposing your. Value yeah, you you, you may as well you may as well touch the damn thing. What you got to what you if... you got you have to push one. Yeah. So because you get a point for pushing more than your opponent. So if you push one, yeah. that means that your opponent has to then push two mm. to get that point back. Yeah, that's right. So so, so that's would... that's the reason why you push it once. Yeah, I, I, I would I would touch, you know, just whatever gets close to a panoply. If it's a good troop, I would touch it with. You know, the better troop, I would give them the chance to touch it. You know, if you're elite, whatever. Because if you roll something really, really good, you're going to want them to have it. Mm. If you roll something bad, well, it's going to be bad on a bad troop anyway, and it's going to be bad on them anyway. So you may as well take the chance that, you know, your tags get total immunity. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's good to pick it up, um, yeah, with whatever you can. Uh, but it's not gonna. It's probably not gonna swing the game. But it's do you imagine a, nice a Yodel that gets total, total immunity? immunity? Yeah, you just get fucked. Oh my god, so fucked. Don't even say that. Um, what what, what if a, what if a Yodel got the plus one armor, so he's eleven armor, and then the total immunity? Yeah, because you can fourteen armor and can cover. Well, you can still still get hacked. Wait, can the same model pick up? Still get hacked. Can this? That's true. Can can the same model still pick up shit from? Each one of the panoplies? Yeah, so I you can't. So. I think you, you can't repeat them. Yeah, it's got to be a different yeah, box. So you'd have to go for a. Oh, you'd, man. <clears throat> you'd have to go for a bit of a march, and it's probably not gonna probably not gonna happen in an actual game. It's not gonna be worth it to go out of your way to try and do that. But if it did, it'd be horrendous. Um. So. No, I'm a nine Sujan with explosive close combat weapon. I don't know. Um, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, it's probably not something you're gonna do. Um, the only other notes I mentioned uh, that we haven't might be covered is a total. I think total reaction in this mission, a total reaction remote, is fucking worth its weight in gold in this mission. Just to help, if anything, if nothing else, just help deal with the uh, AD threat yeah. coming in from 360, the back. 360 visor. Oh. Uh, yeah. is is gonna be real helpful. Yeah, I think I think that's a good particularly point to bring early up in game. This one. You don't wanna you don't wanna leave yourself with a blind spot okay. on your deployment backline. Yeah, I think if you're going second in this turn, I, I, and having played this, I would say if you're going second in this turn, if you, a turtle, I, I would turtle and do some zone defense. Um, yeah. Because he's either your opponent is either then going to have to send a really strong piece out to try and break through, like, all your hiding. Um, in which case, he probably may have to leave that strong piece really close to you and you can pounce on it for the extra points. Or he's going to spend a lot of his points, you know, moving up a bunch of his army to maybe react or something yeah. like that. On, um, and then you don't lose anything for your turn. Ex expanding on your point, Val, about TR bots, the other thing that also gets 360 vision are camera markers. So 
Oh, yeah. nice. camo, camo markers in your deployment zone to to guard those those lines. Things that I used to do that with when I was playing Eugene, things like the Hundun, right? Um, mm. Because he's a camo. Actually, he was he was hidden deployment, so that was even better. Um, yeah. But even better. Um, yeah, things like the I mean the long yard do the same sort of thing. Um, the your Sundukbut for uh, hack Islam. Nice, real nice camera marker, and also oh, yeah. with with, um, with the decoy means that there's even more. You you I mean because it's a decoy, you're not actually going to be able to cover those lanes, but your opponent doesn't know it's a decoy. Project the threat. Yeah, yeah the you can project the threat, threat exactly. So so yeah. to be able to project the threat across your entire deployment edges is is pretty necessary. Mm. Um, yeah. Similar sort of thing. If you've, it, it could be worth if you've got anything with mad traps or something, something like that. Yes, keeping them yeah. back, putting them near the edges. That's a real threat because that, that they take up more space than just that little model. Remember, they've got a they essentially take up a sixteen inch circle. circle, right? Where you go if you land yeah, here, there's a the chance that you you know get immobilized two. I think it is or one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or you just it's fucking fun. die. Exactly. No, it's really it's really good. Uh, mad traps, mines, um, three sixty TR bots, all yeah. really good things to protect your deployment zone yeah. and make it easier to deploy. Um, ability to trade up if you have because obviously you're trying to get uh, points on the board. So if you have models mm. that trade up well, I think they're great. Uh, and drop troops. Obviously, if you can bring drop troops um, and take advantage of your opponent's poor deployment, or if you break a hole in their lines and then drop, bring a drop troop and do the damage, I think that's pretty all pretty powerful mm. stuff. Yeah, we did a challenge a while ago, and I think it really like shines in this mission, which was the the no risk encounters. Mm -hmm. This is one where you really want to try and push those no risk encounters. Ah, uh, yeah. So you just yeah, so you just get conserve points. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, that's we've got through through three missions. Anything else you guys want to mention on that one? That's no. a, that's that's about it. I can think for on that one. I think I think I'm really. Glad that this is round three on day one because for me personally, even though I'm not competing this weekend, um, I always feel like I by round three on day one, my brain has turned to sludge. All right. Yeah. So I mean, and apart from the fact that drop troops can come on on all sides, there's not a huge amount of stuff you have to remember to play this mission. Right. You're just like, okay, I'm gonna try and kill everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Shoot things, don't die. Yeah, shoot things, um, don't die. Exactly. <laughs> shoot things. Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, just quickly, can we take a quick break? Yeah, of course. Yep. Just, just a wait. second. I'll just pause. Easy. And this. if the patreons or the cocks want to say anything um, and ask any questions, by all means, dude. Yeah, I love um, talking to my cock. Oh god. Let's go. <laughs> okay, and we're back, listeners. Um, just a quick break and now we're gonna jump straight into what will be day two of burn city brawl so round four first up on uh sunday morning once everyone's got a, uh, a hangover is gonna be mind wipe uh so jacob if you want to all's gone oh, sorry i was gonna say if everything's gone successful on the saturday night at this point john from geelong has dropped out of the tournament oh, no don't say that um, we, don't, we don't want people to we don't want people dropping between days um, you, can, oh, you can get you, we 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 play we work hard we play hard. You can get as drunk as you like, as long as you uh, turn up on day two. If it helps, just keep drinking. If John makes it to day two, I'll be as disappointed as I would be if I came fourth again. 
That's that's how disappointed I'd be. That's all. That's it. I'll, that's the last I'll say in the matter. Sorry, okay. over to you, Jacob. So mind 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 for. wipe. What's the deal? Right. So uh, we're back to finally some standard deployment. Uh, you've got two uh, consoles uh, in. Oh damn it! Yeah, two consoles uh, on the middle line, uh, sixteen inches in, and then you've got three objectives halfway through your deployment zone, so six inches in. So each each player has three objectives in the inside the deployment zone. Yeah, you have three objectives that are yours to defend in your deployment zone, and and we're trying to kill those yes so you get uh three objective points for destroying um the server with the that's containing the rogue ai oh okay um, so, so you've got you've got you've got two things in the middle and then the three things in your deployment zone are servers and yeah one of them contains a rogue ai yeah right yeah uh Maybe what we'll do, I'll go through how the game, like, mind wipe works before I go through the objectives. Because um, it would probably make more That's sense that way. Different. So, the idea is, the idea of this mission is you go up, you touch one of the, you touch one of the two consoles. You only need to press one of them. Okay. When you press that, you roll a, you roll a d20. The D20, the result on the D20 tells you which of your opponent's consoles contains their rogue AI. So if you take a look at the map, it's not much point in me describing it too much. But uh, oh, 1 yeah. to 6 is server A, 7 to 12 is server B, 13 to 18 is server C, uh, 19 to 20. You, as the person who rolled the dice, get to choose which server has the rogue AI on it. Yep, nice. You're, you're there. Then your objective is to destroy all of the servers, but the server with the rogue AI on it is worth more points. Mm. The so servers work. The servers work the same as like looting and sabotage or anything like that. They can only be damaged by two things: one, something with anti-material, uh, close combat with anti-material, or by your um, Uber, Uber hacker. Uber hacker. Well, right, who has a hacking program called Data Eraser, uh, Erasure, right, which is uh, damage 7, DA damage 17 uh, against BTS. Um, if the server fails that, they lose those many wounds. Mm -hmm. yeah, standard for, like, you know, like Trinity, but for just specifically this server. Yeah, sounds pretty sure. Um, yeah, well, I'll go through the rest of the little nitty-gritty uh, when we get up to it. But then to the points, at the end of the game, you get three points for destroying the, the console, sorry, the server with the rogue AI on, AI on it. Um, at the end of the game, you get, uh, if you have destroyed the same number of enemy servers as your opponent, you get one objective point. At the end of the game, if you've destroyed more servers, you get two objective points. At the end of the game, if, you, if your server with um, the rogue AI on it is not destroyed you get two points and then at the end of the game if none of your servers are destroyed you also get one point you then get one point for activating a console and yeah, then there's one classified yeah okay so this is the this is like a a remix of unmasking is probably the best way to put it yeah that's how um josh in our patreon um chat who's listening live at the moment that's exactly how he's described it it's like unmasking with server boxes 
And instead yeah. of it, but it also instead of you picking which one the target is, it's it's random based on the die roll. Yes. So yeah. n- so no one no one, including your opponent, knows which one they have to like really defend. Right. Yeah, that's. The, I mean, the that's other fine. the other yeah. difference as well though is that you don't get to pick where they go. They're in a specific position predetermined. Yes, that on, too. on the table. Um, so yeah, it's similar, but a little bit, little bit different. So, um, how do we get 10 points? So to get 10 points, you'll get one point by activating the console. So that one points basically are given because everybody has to activate a console, right? It's it's pretty much, you have to destroy all of your opponent's stuff and get none of your stuff down, like destroyed. Right. Wow. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. And um, destroying consoles, one thing to really remember is that it can only be done in close combat or with the Uber hacker, but yeah. mostly close combat is the thing to remember. And it's and, got to be things that are anti-material. So yeah. double action or explosive. And additionally, can't be done in the first round. Yeah, that's a huge one. Mm. Apparently a lot of people both in the first round. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, how, how are you this much better than me at this game? Um, <laughs> to even get in the position where you're going to achieve exactly. that first round. Yeah. <laughs> like in the center of your opponent's deployment zone. How did this happen? <laughs> and um, yeah, the other thing with the console is unlike other games where like you can either turn it off or on or you can both touch the console. In this one, you can only activate... Each player can only activate a single console. So if I push the console on the left, that locks it out for you. You have to access the other console. Yeah, so an activated console cannot be deactivated or activated by the other player. Right. This is That's really important, particularly um, mm. where you've got consoles that might not be deployed on ground level. If you've got a console that's on the, on the roof of a building or something, it might be a bit tricky to get to, then um, if you... Yeah, but really push for the easy access one, or even you might even determine whether or not you want to go first or or second yeah. is to get access to the easy console. Yeah, I I had an I had an interesting scenario in which it was um, uh, which it was, I is that if you know where your per- opponent's Uber hacker is, and if it's a certain profile like um, like again I'll go back to the Azura, um, lieutenant. Uh, with a level two lieutenant, and if they've got the Uber hacker, that's four orders for that single model. Oh, does being the Uber hacker get you an extra order? It, it does. does. Yeah, it yeah. did. Yeah, special yep, order. It does. It does give you a right. So, turtling up the console that's closest to them, or alternatively pressing that console means that that model has to, if that's like the only hacker or something, if they want to get that bonus for whatever reason, they have to run all the way across the board. Um, so you could like it's like how many times have any of us rolled that um, you know to activate a console on a whip thirteen or fourteen or even a fifteen and have rolled and missed it right if you if you're stopping that hacker from getting to the button that they've tried they've placed their good hacker near you've now forced them to roll the worst potentially to roll a worse roll. Or to waste orders to get to that button. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, are you saying if you have repeaters overwatching the middle consoles, it'll make it riskier for the opponent's hackers to do it? So that well, I'm, I'm saying well, because I've... it because they can't reactivate it, you just press the button near their good hacker, and they can't touch that button anymore. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So okay, you, gotcha. yeah, yeah. you aim for the button on the left and then you put a repeater around the button on the right. Uh, and yeah, or just their Meaning that they have to go to the button on the right and to get there, they've got to go through your repeater network. Yeah, something yep. like that. That's right. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think, I, think, I think the middle console has a lot of play in the scenario in the sense that... Um, you, if you're going first, you get to determine what your opponent, which one, what your opponent has to do in sense of what console they press, and therefore, if you have any mines, mad traps, crazy coils, you can make their life hard. Or if you have arrow pieces, their life really hard as well. Um, which, which is, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I think, yeah, and obviously, you want to, you want to make it as easy for yourself to press the middle console as, as you can. So I think there's a hacker bonus is, in this one. Is that there one? is, yeah. Yeah, but same, the thing same is, as usual. Yeah, but the thing is, if you're putting a hacker in to touch the console, if the enemy has any hidden killer hackers, you're really putting them at risk because uh, there's no exclusion zone in this, right? Yeah, so, have, so there could there could a, be a hidden deployed killer hacker right there waiting, right there in in exactly, wait, waiting patiently. But, I mean, that's why I that's why I mentioned you push one and then put a repeater on the other one because that means you don't necessarily have to just have a hidden killer hacker. You could have that hidden yeah, killer hacker, as well as however many other hackers that you've got on the board that your opponent's going to have to contest with at the same time. And the, yeah, uh, the, other, the other thing to consider in this mission is, it might be uh, probably a good example is O12. Probably don't have the biggest access to um, DA, oh, sorry, anti-material close combat weapons. Um, I know they've got D charges, but I don't think they really have much DA or explosive. D charges on them. D charges is all you need. No, they have uh, uh, what's his name? There's a Vanguard. The Varangians. Varangians. Yeah, surely they'd have it. Yeah, but they're really easy to kill. No, they're really hard to kill. And they got smoke. Oh, not yeah, not they really. Got, they they, can't, they, they don't got get... they got armor too. They're real good. They got they got smoke. They got. All of it. Um, everything's infinity. Everything's easy to kill if you actually. Varangians, Varangians got AP close combat weapons, except for the one that's got a trench hammer. So the only one you can take yeah, is the trench hammer. Trench hammer profile, okay, but that's yeah. still a pretty good profile. Pretty, pretty so, um, um, I, I, yeah, I feel like um, you want to have if you can get access to a decent array of D charges, just like Val, what Val was yeah. saying, like D charges are the way to go. Yes, I think so. Um, I think D-Charges, uh, yeah, and a drop troop with D-Charges, fucking more power to you. Um, I, again, I think uh, we spoke about the middle console being extremely important. If you have smoke uh, to guarantee uh, an easy and auto-efficient way to press it, so that way you don't have to fight your enemy's arrows, by, by more power to you. Because, yeah, you just want to get in, push the button, know what you have to do next with uh, as minimum fuss if you go first. If you have mines... Have we dropped out? No, no, we're still here. Oh, sorry, sorry, I just heard something. Um, yeah, and then if you have mines or crazy coils or repeaters, make life as hard as possible for the opponent. Um, now, in terms of the Uber hacker themselves, one thing that's uh, new to me is the fact that you can be in a state. You can be a, your your Uber hacker can now be in a market state. So if you have an Uber hacker with, uh, I guess, uh, killer hacker, uh, killer killer hackers make good Uber hackers because they can go into cyber mask. Or if you have camo marker, uh, if you have hackers who can go into camo, big advantage is there because you can go into camo and then set yourself up for that last turn rush to go and get their console. 
Uh, yeah. Hang on, I just yeah, want to sorry. remember what's what's the rules? Where's the rules for setting up the Uber hacker? You just pick a you just um, pick so, a hacker. It's the Uber hacker. Yeah, but they have to be on the table. They can't be in a market state. So if you're going first, uh, you can deploy as a model and then go into the market state. Uh, if you go in second, you have to you have to survive a turn. Oh right, so you, right, so I was just it, it, I was just saying it's in the it's in the data erasure. No, no, it says the trooper um, must always be on the table as a model or as a marker. So you can deploy as a marker, but you, you can't. Can you, but you can't be hidden, or right. you can't be hidden oh, or a drop huge. troop. You, you got to be that's, on the yeah. table as a model or as a marker. Um, yeah. Right, that's so strong. I wonder how. No, that, that, that's off. great for killer hackers and hacking devices pluses because they mean they they get to use cyber mask. That's yeah, right. that's what I was saying. But, but the thing is, they, it's even better for uh, camouflage hackers because they can just deploy with Uber Hacker in camouflage state. Yeah. Which is really yeah, no. um, uh, Also, I guess the Kenren can be, I guess, in a hollow echo state. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I yeah the charges. You charges will... and double action as backup to the, yeah. Uber, uh, to the Uber Hacking program is a must. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, because because then because so much is dependent. Like the the whole mission basically is dependent on you being right. able to destroy these these things one way or another. So, and that's that's something to consider as well when you're deciding what attack vectors you want to consider. Is if you if your opponent's only got two or three things that have the uh, have anti material or have decharges as well on top of the 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 uber hacker then then those are your priority targets that you want to take out because the more of the more of your opponents uh more of those things that you take out of your opponent's list the harder you make their game yeah you can really shut down somebody if you target if you manage to target the right thing i remember playing one of these games and my opponent my opponent's uber hacker was um the like the razor killer hacker and i managed to to kill that and that really put him on the back foot i don't know if he ever even touched the console um one thing to note about uh data erasure is it's not a hacking program why what do you mean what do you mean it's not a hacking it's program? it's it's not a it's not a hacking program it can't be done through repeaters ah, okay, it's just yeah, an yeah. attack with the range of the zone of control of the hacker mm, nice. is it a comms attack so if you get blacked out uh, no, uh, it's ju- it's get... ju- it's just a short skill attack. That's it. It's the same as pressing oh, a button. Huge. So, in a really niche uh, niche thing, I guess if you have a Dartok hacker and they get, uh, I guess, isolated, which turns off their hacking device, but doesn't put them in isolation. No, 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 no. They can still it, do it. it is a hacking program. The hacker with access to the hacking program data erasure. But then, if you look at data erasure, doesn't say. Yeah, I, I, I think in this case they're literally calling, um, like the hacking, like they're calling it a hacking program just for the narrative of the event. It's not actually, it doesn't actually, it's not actually a hacking program. Yeah. Mm. No, 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 it no, 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 the range of this program is the hacker's zone of control. It cannot be used through a repeater. It says it's called a program there. It's definitely a hacking program. It says the word program a whole bunch of times, right. which tells me that if you get 
uh, if you get isolated, then you can no longer use this. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the, the main point I wanted to bring up was that you can't do it through repeat. Yeah, so yeah, there's that, no and, and, firing a picture yeah, across the and, room. And that is a very important point. It does have yeah. to be done through the zone control, but um, this edge case of, of it still being usable if all your other hacking stuff has been turned off does not exist. Um, the one thing we haven't mentioned is as important as it is to be able to attack your opponent's console, so through Uber hackers, decharges, drop troops, smoke, grenades, uh, so you can get there. What about the ability to defend your antennas? Mm. Mines, cyber mines. Josh 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 did bring up a good point that if you if you if you do go first, um and you manage to push the button. Hold on. Well, Jacob. You actually... Jacob. Yeah, what's up? Is Josh a host? No. Why no. are we no, I'm just, I'm just saying, saying, go on, sorry. Um but if you if you manage to if you manage to make that console that you didn't press like a bastard to press. Like you don't have to defend your servers anymore. You just have to defend that button. Because if without them pushing the button, they can't. That yeah. that's the yeah, that's the road that's the roadblock that you have to get through before you can do anything else. So if yeah. you so it says servers cannot be attacked by a player until that server has activated a console. Um. Oh wait, is can Kevin actually speak? Well, well yeah, I didn't. I did. On. Yeah, he can, he can maybe jump on. Um, yeah. Just type in the chat because I don't think he's listening. Sorry, uh, listeners. Kev, uh, who is currently in Albania, has um, has ch- has tuned in, so he might uh, he might stage dive the podcast if there's a couple <laughs> minutes that he can jump in for. Uh, It'll I'm be just, real embarrassing just, when Albanian. Just, um, Mate. Yeah, like Wi-Fi is better than just like our actual internet. Oh, it, yeah, it definitely, Australia. it definitely is. Can, yeah, it, it, defi- definitely it definitely is. is. Um, but yeah, I think that that kind of covers most of what we want to yeah. look at for uh, mind wipe. I was oh, just going to say defending your um, antenna. I think that's really because even cyber mines are really important now as well in this one because um, the fact that hackers are going to be coming forward for sure. So cyber mines, yeah, cyber mines or EM mines, whatever yeah, the they're so, called, yeah. um, they're actually pretty good now. Um, oh, and the last thing, you want to deploy in a way which gives the ability to attack all three consoles because they're randomly generated, they're randomly determined. So you don't know which one you're going for, right? So if you deploy all your attack pieces or your DA stuff or your hacker on the right side, and then the console ends up being on the left side, it's just what you're making you you just yeah made just your life a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. If you can avoid it, of course, depending on deployment zones, etc. Et if and, you could talk, and, should we let Kev and, do our last and it one? Looks at like, it looks like Kev's Kev's joined in. So Kev, you can um you can leave the discussion as we move into round five frontline if you like. <laughs> you can start well, by uh, as I'm sitting in the sun and I'll be yeah, just talking uh, infinity. Krenna's gonna be really happy about it. <laughs> that's fucking awesome mate uh can you just start um like, can your first point of mention be just uh giving us a definition for tempo please Kevin? no don't and <laughs> 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 oh, no mate it's whatever you want it to be thanks babe thanks oh wow jesus this tempo like discussion is killing my tempo for this fucking episode yes yes no jump in kev uh go for just it just keep uh, mentioning tempo and eventually you Someone will get bored enough and you'll win the game, or I don't know how it works. I'm just making sure that Rob Cantrell can't actually listen to this episode without pulling his hair out. That's all. <laughs> um, 
and it's pretty much. I appreciate you trying to to define it. I think it's I think it's probably a worthwhile topic, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Personally, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, any thoughts on the mission lineups, Kevin, in general? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember how we chose them. I think it was between myself, Peter, and you, Nick, that we decided the five missions. And Frontline being the fifth one just seems to be the, a good idea because it's the second you know, mission on day two, round five. Nice and simple. Helps pretty killy. So, so it, a lot of it came... A, yeah, exactly. A lot of it came down to practicality in that all the missions on, on day one have three objectives along the middle line. So that makes day one easier. And then day two, you got loads of objectives um, for mind wipe, but then you just take them all off for the for the final round. So it's more of just ease of not having to go back and forth with different um, different uh, setups and things mostly. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, but anyway, yeah, just um, can't be on too, too no, long because no, we've just arrived. Eurocaster, and we've got to go check out a castle. Um, but that's, my that's thoughts on frontline <laughs> is it's 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 highly classified with more steps these days. So it's actually quite a fair bit of um, thought process. Sorry, there's also a rooster just kind of next door. Um, <laughs> there's a fair bit of thought to go into the mission. Um, being as four, the class four, your points four, the ten points are on classifieds, um, and the rest of it's not scored until the end of the game. So it's yeah, it's an interesting mission in ITS thirteen compared to previous uh, ITS um, years, um, and yeah, I don't know what else to say about it other than uh, take AD and lots of infiltration. That's my Great. that's my thoughts on on online. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in, Kev. <laughs> um, by the looks, Albanian internet. Oh, credit saying tell me I stay on for a bit longer. So oh, I was, wanna... was going to say that the internet in Albania on the other side of the world is better than yeah. He's coming through. He's coming through clearer than Val. <laughs> I was going to yeah. Not, they're not wrong. <laughs> um. Oh. cool. Well, um, if you, um, you you can stay on for a bit longer if you want, Kev, or you can just jump off. That's all good. Uh, we'll jump in and have a look at frontline which is on page 32 let me just bring that up um all right so after a bit of the mind slush that was mind wipe we've got a nice palette cleanser for round five um another sort of classic infinity mission of frontline uh you've got standard deployment zones 12 inches no special consoles or anything uh, and the the sort of area between the two deployment zones has been split up into three eight inch zones. Yeah. Your uh, your mission is to uh, at the end of the game dominate as many of those zones more uh, dominate the middle zone, dominate the front zone, and dominate the close zone. You want to dominate all those three middle zones of the table, and they're worth varying number of points. And there's also four classified objectives, which is, I mean, we talked about three being a, lo a, a lot of classified objectives when we spoke about uh, firefight. Uh, Frontline's even more. Four classified objectives is is really really big. Just like Kev mentioned on his special guest appearance, it is it's it's not dissimilar to highly classified with extra steps, right? 
the good thing about this one is you can, if you, you know, if you, you know, if you've done you know, unmasking acquisition with them, you can just go ham on your specialists here because you're not going to lose points for losing them. Mm. So you yeah. can really double up and make sure you yeah. get those four classifieds because I mean they are forty percent of the uh, potential points. Yeah, that's right. And so just to break it, just to break it down, here's the actual breakup of the main objectives you've got at the end of the game dominate the nearest sector which is the one closer to your deployment zone one point at the end of the game dominate the central sector two points at the end of the game dominate the farthest sector uh, is three objective points to dominate something you have to have more points in that zone than your opponent does so that's how you can get one two three four five six and then the final four is on those four classified objectives Mm -hmm. So a quick a quick question actually as the T the TO for this tournament, how would how how would you rule a model that is uh on on the on the line of um of one of the zones? Let's let's not say like equal, um, uh, like, let's say okay, they are so in more than one zone than the other. They're, they're in I mean, which is the majority? Are they like exactly fifty-fifty in one in one zone well, or the other? I want I, I want to know both, right? If they're well, if they're fifty-fifty, what do you do then? If they're well, it's while it is geometrically possible to be exactly fifty-fifty, the practicality mm -hmm. of that actually happening are so minimal that mm -hmm. um, that I don't think it can. Um, physically happen in reality if somehow it did and it is even if you've got a laser and you measure it from all different angles if you can't determine which zone it's in i'd probably have to roll a die to say which one it's in um i think it actually but, mentioned in the ats you are a 50 50 you just choose which one you're in really Oh, but the, okay. like, like you said, the likelihood of that happening is very slim. Like you say, you'd have to be, you'd have probably to call a TU over and then get that measured. But um, I guess you could just be like, I'm going to choose. Um, yeah. But the, the likelihood of that actually happening is so, so, so slim yep. that more, more likely is that you're partially in a zone. And if you're partially in the zone, you are inside the zone that you are mostly in. Oh, awesome. Um, I got some strong opinions on this mission do you i really yeah well i think the mission's great i think it's a really awesome mission um now i think the main thing you want to do is get a classified because when you get depending how many classifieds you can achieve early i'll give you a much easy indication of what you need to control in oh, terms of zones Val, to determine it, victory would it give you tempo do you think <laughs> almost give you tempo do oh you wow think I just knew there was going to be a tempo discussion. I had to hang around for it. Do, do you think <laughs> if you got the classified objectives early, you could you could get tempo? I, I think you could get something akin to tempo, whatever tempo may yeah. be. As no, no. Okay. No, no, no. I'll tell you what you would, you, you might not get tempo, but you would get objective points. Yeah, I, I think that term like getting tempo means it's just it's a hard thing to disguise. Like you're 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 in control. If yeah. you have points early on, if you get four classifiers in turn one, then your opponent has to be like, shit. Now I have to get four classifiers in turn one, or completely dominate off all the zones. So by I guess that point of view, yeah, you're putting pressure on your opponent to make to 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 catch up. So you can kind of sit 
back and you know just you know just bat him away. Yeah. But I, the, at the same I, when time, I, when I'm looking at the classified objectives here, it I, I, it is different to something like countermeasures, for example, because in countermeasures, the number that you're achieving isn't really important. What's what is important is that you're achieving more than your opponent is. Yeah, uh, whereas yeah. here, I've got four, you've got four. Those two things, while while me achieving one means that there's more points you need to make up from from somewhere, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to counter my objectives by achieving your own objectives. I mean, your own classifiers. I, I, I would I would only say that it's probably more important to do more in countermeasures because there's objective points tied to that. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would I, I would say in this one you're just looking to get those four classifieds Well the thing is right, like completed you got... and you, you're sort of just looking to kill specialists or something like that to try and slow your opponent down. If you get the all four done in the first turn, um the main thing is you can sort of That's Yeah, like... but if you if you could yeah, in, yeah, in fantasy land. Um you get to relax for the other two and just concentrate on slowly pushing forwards. It's not that fantastical either. I've played a few games of Frontline where because you could draw four classifieds, well, technically you're drawing eight classifieds. You're drawing almost half the deck. Um, mm. You can kind of pick and you end up picking yeah. and choosing what you can actually do. Yeah. I've had a, a situations before where I've, you know, you've had an infiltrator who's a veteran who's got D charges completing two to three classifieds in the first yeah. turn. They're in the midfield, they're next to an HVT, they can do an yeah. HVT classified, decharge classified, and they're sitting in the middle of the table where they need to be for the end of the game anyway. Yeah. Um, and and it's not that and it's not that difficult for your opponent to do it, providing of course you're building a list that is, you know, by by uh, by doing a mission, by doing by, by building a list that allows you to move into the midfield easily, you are also mm. able to do the classifies more easily because there's no exclusion zone like there is in countermeasures where you know you've got to you spend a couple of orders or a first turn getting to the HVT. Hell, you're probably already there, especially if you've got info, um, impersonators or AD. You can quite easily do. I've had a game before where someone's completed three classifies in the first turn, and then the yeah. fourth one was secure HVT. Um, and like, I end up doing number. Yeah, if you've got if you've got a like a camo forward observer veteran with D charges, that's net like an easy way of getting net undermine sabotage, and whatever the hell a veteran yeah. can, which I think they can do something with the HVT. A lot of the a lot yeah. of the time, so um, a lot of the time, and this is maybe this is just from my perspective as well. A lot of the time, the HVT classifieds are the ones that you don't necessarily want to do because they can sometimes be a bit harder because your opponent is really can be hunkering down their HPT mm. and that sort of thing. But I feel like when you've got so many of them, if you if you've mm -hmm. if you can get like two or three or even four classifieds done on a single point, um it, it reminds me of at Novacore, I was able to get like three object three classifieds on all and around the same zone because I was able to um uh just impact the the HVT twice and then something else that was very close to it. So it's um it's something to consider when you're picking your, picking your classifieds, yeah. Which ones which which direction you want to go with. Yeah, the classifieds are a huge swing. Like instead of having to do, uh, control two zones, you can just do three classifieds. Or your zone well, and your yeah. four points. It's Talking about 
Oh, you're probably going to say what I was going to say, Kev. Go for it. Oh, sorry to derail the conversation. I will. I don't want to take up too much more time. But um, the, about the zones is there is the, the swing is really where the zones are because you get one point for controlling your own zone. But if your opponent takes that away from you, they get correct me if I'm wrong. Four three. points. Three. 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 Oh three. yeah, it used to be four, but three. Yeah. Yeah, and the middle zone can often be what determines who wins, although I believe the middle zone is slightly less um, important now. I could be wrong. It's worth two points. Is that two, correct? Two points. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Two points. Yeah, but if you just fight on con- holding your own zone, doing classifieds... Um, You're in a good spot. And, and sorry, what was that? You're in a good spot then, aren't you? Then yeah, you're in a good spot because uh, really then at that point, if you can just stop them from holding their own side... Um, by because what happens then is somebody then they try to take the middle and by by taking the middle they're potentially leaving their own side not as well defended which is why where things like baggage spots are really really useful. Yeah. Um, they end up taking their own side and then just winning even if they got more classifieds than you. So it's still important to hold that to hold your own side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the things I mentioned in the notes is um assassin models. I think be seen just how important the classifieds are in this mission, which I, 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 I think we've all kind of established. Um, having an assassin model, which can take out something like a Sofitech, a Dr. Worm, or a Pavardi, which are those double specialists, or really just go after your opponent's specialists in a way which forces them to just concentrate on the zones, I think, that, I think that's a really strong play if you've got that in your list. Yeah. The other thing to mention with um, this particular mission is it does have Intelcom. Um, so SCA. you can choose to um, take the value. So if you'd ever take to look at a uh, classified card in the very top right-hand corner, there's a number ranging from 1 to 20. Um, you can pick one of those to instead be um, an Intelcom card, and then at the end of the game you can add that number to whatever zone you want. It's often um, the easiest and, one to do, uh, have the highest value. Like, I think Extreme Prejudice is 20 points. Yeah, so if you get Extreme, Preju- 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 yeah, Extreme Prejudice or um, Predator is is a good one. If you are not a particularly melee-heavy army and you draw Predator, um, it could be, and like the other one's not useful to you, it could be worth you drawing Predator, Maybe. using it as an intel com, and then just going and trying to get secure HVT if you really want to get four objectives plus have the intel com card. No, you can't do that. So you do, you, I was about to say, I was hoping you someone lose would a, correct me. You lose an objective? You do. You can only okay. gain nine objectives. Yeah, I, 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 was, I, was, I was wondering that. I wanted someone to correct yeah. me on that. Which makes yeah. it makes me wonder like how mu- how likely you are to do it, um, given that your maximum point is twenty and it's extreme prejudice, which can be quite easy to do. Exactly. Um, unless of course you've taken I, lots of models with WI or dogged, uh, yeah. which is actually a tactic for classified heavy missions. Is if yeah. you just make sure that all of your guys are dead, then the, your opponent can't <laughs> do classifieds off. I think. Um, I, I played think, a game I think, against Rob Cantrell where he did that with a lot. We, I think we played countermeasures and he was running hack. And all, almost everything was um, dogged or NWI to the point where I'm like, fuck, stop dying. I, I can't do anything off you. Uh, so good, good tactic as well if you are running lots of dogged at NWI. 
Yeah. What about Civil vacuuming your HVT, considering the opponent likely has at least one or two classifieds to do your HVT? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way. Yeah, I, too I'd, hard. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd. I'd probably want to do that more so in Mind Wipe. Um. Yeah, I've, I, like I wouldn't. Me. I wouldn't worry um, about your H. I wouldn't worry about your HVT for the most. For the most part, I think. Other than maybe, I think I think follow up and depending on what your army list is like, the like designation to spotlight the HVT. Yeah, I think most crazy. people ignore like retro engineer, uh, retro engineering and inoculation because yeah. they're just they're just too hard to do. Um. Okay. So that's what. 10% of the deck they might pick, um, maybe. And at that point, like, they're already doing it through the wall. Mm. So you may as well not worry about it. Those ones aren't too bad to do. You're thinking of the ones that are at the end of game. So you're thinking the Civivac and Capture or whatever it's called. But Oculation, you just need to do which I think Val was saying, uh, do you bother... Um, Civivacing your HVT into your deployment zone so they're harder to get to. I mean, there's a few of them. It's it's a bit of effort. I think it's not a bad idea. I'm just just saying that retro engineering and inoculation are the two ones that I think a lot of people don't want to do because they're really difficult. Follow-up and designation? No, designation? Yeah. Is it designation or data scan? I don't know. Da- no, well, designation. You have to do two forward observes or on two an enemy spotlights model. On a, no, no, on an HVT. Yeah, so yeah, so that that one people tend to do because you can do through a wall. Yeah, you can do it eight inches away. You don't have to spend the you don't have to base yeah. contact, etc. And, and, um, and, and in that case, I just there's a sensor and there's a sensor in MSV one as well. Uh, oh yeah, is... but again, the problem with that one is you have to other than the sensor one, you have to see them. You have to see them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, uh, um, but yeah, look, uh, it's an interesting mission. How do you how do you boys feel about this as your round five mission? Because Val, we know you're right. going to be on top table, mate. <laughs> with uh, with my six game losing streak, or nine game losing streak, or ten game losing streak, hey, absolutely. You've got it out of your system. Uh, I think ISS for doing something like frontline because they have really like reasonably decent ad troopers and they've got ninjas so they can you know walk stuff on at the end of the game and they've got sujan who can sujan's good yeah for sure they can uh, absolutely i think i think as a last mission i think this is a good one it's complicated it's complicated enough to not be like firefight at the very end of a long day um, but it's simple enough that, you know, if you're only half recovered from your hangover from the night before, you're not, you, you might yeah, have a decent chance of concentrating on it. Donald. Or if you're being fucking roofied by Val, <laughs> um, you'd be all right. I, I don't know if you discussed this probably earlier on in the cast, but did you have you mentioned which armies you think will be good in this like lineup no. or at least this no we haven't actually. no no that's OSS always OSS every single time I see mind wipe and unmasking all I can think is OSS. I I'm thinking combined army is super strong in this. Um, nomads yeah. I reckon nomads will do will be real nasty as well. Lots of forward deploying and crazy koalas and shit like that. The the any army access to impersonation yep. is 
solid in these these this lineup, especially for frontline. Any yeah. army with access built relatively expensive AD um, or like a hidden I, deployment troops, which people tend to take, uh, are quite strong. Yeah. I think I as think well. Or not a few strong, of, but they just, they just the, have a few of the missions have hacker bonuses as well. So if mm. you've got good hackers that you want to take, like everybody who plays nomads, then that's not a bad not a bad choice. I, I, I honestly think that uh, assassins will be really good for all of these missions. A lot of them require you to be right up in people's faces. Um the for days if, uh yeah. fucking brilliant really good. at that. They've got good hackers. Um, They've got, like, they've just flat out got Leah Sharif, who's, you know, not hugely expensive. Uh, I don't think she's not. I don't don't see Leah at all, really, in anything outside of Rama Task Force these days, because, yeah. If you're you're assassins, just take Barids. If you've got the Bokhtar, you've got a paramedic. uh, Your guy who's a paramedic, heavy infantry with MSV-1, who's a veteran. Uh, suck that, yeah, like the, just do all the things. I'm proper, um, I'm proper afraid of the, that book, Um, in yeah. uh, fucking firefight, he scares me. And then you've got the Asawira, oh, yeah, in firefight, that's a really good point. And then you've got the Asawira doctor, who again, heavy infantry doctor, um, can do a lot of the paramedic classifieds as well, and is you know. Like very good gunfire. In a, in a, um, in one a thing bunch before of, I go, in a, in a bunch of these missions as well. It, speaking about um, assassins, you've got McMurra in a sixteen-inch deployment zone, which is a great spot for him. Oh, I just oh, got wow. him as well. I forgot about that. Like, I still don't know why they gave. Well, I do know why they gave assassins McMurra, but I just don't. They did did not need it. Um, did not need it. Well, the assassin <laughs> and firefight uh, actually go against assassins in the sense that um, the impersonators can't go as deep unless without a roll. No, definitely. A very good point. The 16-inch deployment zone does hurt um, its impersonation and a little bit um, airborne right. deployment as well because they can't walk on that 12-inch line. They've got that a smaller strip to walk on. Yep. Um, um, yeah. Well, sorry. One, one more thing before I go, I want to mention on frontline is it's the only mission i think that has retreat but doesn't end in retreat so even though um frontline is class highly classified with more steps it's also annihilation if you want it to be because so it's really weirdly written so on comlog it's easier to see because it just says there's retreat but it doesn't say it ends in retreat and on the its document it says it says um it just says the game will end at the third at the game will end at the end of the third round, and it but it doesn't say there's no no quarter, so it's a funny like I don't know if it's missing a paragraph, but it's been like that for like three seasons. So I'm assuming right, it's intentional because because usually it, it says the game will end at the end of the third round, and there's another sentence that says if one of the players yes. starts yeah, the active is. turn in retreat situation, the game will end at the end of that turn. So mm. you can yeah. go into retreat, but if you go into retreat, the game goes on, and you just stay in retreat. Yeah, oh, if you can yeah, get yeah, the absolute shit out of your <laughs> opponent, you get. Just a bunch of turns wow. to do whatever the hell you want. Essentially, no quarter, but worse for you if you do go into retreat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the, the one, yeah. And the one other thing to mention about um, this mission is it does have Arctic territory, so anything with total immune or total terrain. Uh, no, sorry, total, total immune, total terrain total, total. Um, gets an extra inch. 
Is there is there is there a different terrain that gets the um plus the one mountain damage? one? Mountain. You got a lot yeah. Of extra. yeah, things like uh, the Sphinx. Um, a lot of Shazvasti work really well here. Uh, Fiddler, um, the Sujan. <laughs> motorcycles still in ITS thirteen as well. Motorcycles so. are going to be everywhere. Yeah. Like, so if you really, if you want to, well, if you are on maybe, I mean, if you're on top table, you're probably not going to be playing someone that you can just annihilate. But you can just go into the game with that thought because you know you're not going to be as you're not going to like smash your opponent to bits and then they complete one classified and they win. Like like that won't happen. The game will continue. Yeah. So if you want, just run real hard into them, kill as much, kill them all, and then just be like, "Cool, you're in retreat. I'm just going to do before classifies and dominate, and then I win." Absolutely. Very interesting. So, um, yeah. All right. I well, think that we'll, mathematic we'll, is um, so strong. We'll let you fire. go then, Kev. Thanks for. Uh... Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for, thanks guys. for jumping Sorry. on. It was great to see your beautiful face. That's awesome to see, man. Enjoy it. Thank you. I've been working oh, on my tan in Europe. You're having a great time, mate. Yeah, no, you're looking right, good, mate. You're looking I've, very, I've, very fresh. Catch you in about uh, like a month when I get back. Awesome. How do I get this thing? See you then, man. <laughs> All right. Good night, hey, guys. Mate. Bye. All the best. I, just, I also just realized that Val's just decided to start reclining on his Yeah, plate. I just noticed that then. Oh, he's, the uh, he's I could have been the... I could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah, paint, I can't believe it didn't, it didn't click. Paint me like one of your right. French girls. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I think we could probably wrap it up then, um, unless there was any final thoughts you guys wanted to talk about. But um, we can also we can cover off on sort of army selection and that sort of thing when we do our post event wrap up. Um, but what are your what are your final thoughts? Do you think this is tag friendly? Is my question. Um, mission lineup. It's not. It's it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not tag, tag it's unfriendly. Not, it's not tag hostile. Yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, it depends on, on what you. So, couple, some of these missions definitely. Um, and, but it also depends on what what tag you're talking about. So, I, there's there's nothing in here that shouts out. I hundred percent want to take a tag, but you can still. There's tags you could take for each of these missions and still achieve them. Like yeah, like okay. tag tag tags are good and tough in firefight, but they're also worth a lot of points. Yeah, I mean tag tags are good for hold tags are good Double in frontline for holding zones. If you can get a tag up to your furthest zone, then uh, then that's a lot of points that you can stick in there to uh, to claim that zone. Um, but then if you got... side a lot of points to lose. But not a frontline. Yeah. Frontline's not based on. No, but it just means that this big chunk that could be holding. That, that was holding this thing is that just gone sure but yeah i'm talking about how to win not how to lose um well, the, tags helps you win. the um yeah so i i think that yeah they're not they're not tag unfriendly but they're also so this is one the one thing that happened from with the nova call wrap-up right gav wanted to make some missions to um to kind of unfriendly not tag, i wouldn't yeah. say tag unfriendly i would say that to that you wanted to try and nullify heavy alpha strikes but in doing so he had he had all these missions with exclusion zones which meant people instead of spending points on things that would go in the midfield they spent points on things that would deploy in the deployment zone and nice things to spend points on that deploy in the deployment zone are things like nice. tags 
So um, mm. we don't really have the same. I, I don't believe that it's the same setup with this lineup, but I still think tags are tags are very strong, and there'd be no reason not mm. to take them. Yeah, I mean, you've you, you've done well as far as like that sort of thing. Tags work in every single one of these missions, but not so much for, for like for like mind wipe and and unmasking. They don't help do the main objective, which is you know, touch a button or whatever. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, they've still got they've still got specialists inside of them. Um, yeah. When you say when you say mind wipe, there's plenty of tags that have um, close combat weapons. Close combat. Like yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah like, I, I mean, this is just my using experience, but Blue Wolf has cl- has a double action close combat weapon. Yeah. Um, no, the Guija has a double action the, close combat weapon. You're like yeah, um, the Oyuroi has the explosive. Exactly. Oyuroi has explosive close combat. Oh, weapon. what does what does a, what's his face have? Uh, Avatar. Agamemnon. Oh, oh, geez, I don't know. I think, he, I think he's got DA. Mm. How do you, I don't know? Split. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you, Jacob. But I've been deliberating on how to split my list between these missions. It's been a fucking nightmare. I don't know about you, but I I'm might, real rough. I, I, I'm having seen Frontline. I would probably say, like mind wipe, uh, mind wipe unmasking Frontline, and then potential potentially I'd say every my uh-huh. my like specialist list can do all of them except for firefight, in which I would take less specialists. To try and preserve my points. Um, that's what I. So that's what I'm now thinking about, um, which makes me a bit happy because I happier because I like my mind wipe uh, unmasking list a bit more. Because um, trying to condense a specialist is always a pain, and the drill, unfortunately, is a specialist operative, uh, which makes him a liability uh, where he's normally not. Yeah, because in in frontline the only specialist specialist things to do are the classified and the specialist operator yep. doesn't help with that. Nah, um, no. So I can I can see people running one list for four missions and just changing for frontline. Uh, yeah, sorry, right. for fire fight. Uh, yeah, interesting. That's actually that's a good point. I was going to go the other way. I was going to have um one mind wipe list and then everything else. But I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, like, Mind Wipe is probably the one mission that is most different from the others in that you are restricted by the exclusion zone. But but apart from that, I I kind of agree. I kind of agree. The only one where it's... I would say you kind of need a hacker. I mean, obviously, TAC... Probably you. If you're playing Ariadne, you're probably not going to end up having. Oh, one. sorry, sorry. I'm not talking about mind. My, I'm talking you're about mind masking. Um, unmasking. That's what I meant to say. Unmasking. Yeah. Um. So which I don't know. I I, I do think that. I I could probably even see myself kind of. Not necessarily not not taking one list, but taking two lists that are very very similar. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think. Fair enough. I think I th- like so I, I think I think you'll find you just sort of for some lists for some armies I should say um, you just sort of see that your list for firefight just has a few less specialists because you're just trying to preserve those points. Yeah, and and I um, think the last thing you but I think you're gonna if you if you're gonna if you want to bring drop troops, most of these missions mm. you're gonna have a good time. If you yeah, want to bring. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, drop. Think, think I, about this. 
Sorry, go on. No, you go. Think, thinking about this, I was just going to say, especially uh, you and I, Val, as players, what's one thing that you see being, like, frightening to see across the board with these missions? Like I mentioned before, I'd be really afraid of a bookta in these missions. A bookta in a mind wipe. Uh, sorry, not mind wipe. Uh, unmasking, landing in that strip, and just walking across, killing... Um, HVTs is a scary prospect, especially because you can't Um, defend against uh, smoke, as well as obviously being able to like, like then you get firefight. You've got this really tough, really good uh, attack piece that just lands and right lands behind you. Yeah, Um, and it's just nasty. Me, what I'm not looking forward to in these missions are two things: anathematic um, and motorbikes. I think the motorbikes will be a nightmare on the 16-inch deployment zones. They'll be right in your face real quick. That'll force you to put up arrows. Um, and they're so cheap that they'll trade up pretty nicely. Um, and they have mimetism, so they'll be hard to kill. Um, and in terms of anathematic, I fucking anathematic on frontline will be able to do heaps of classifieds, hide its position, and choose what uh, what zone it takes. On mind wipe, obvious. It's very obvious. It'll get like three orders to itself. Um, it's a super hacker. Um, and in unmasking, uh, yeah, I guess it's not bad either there either. So that's the two, that's the things I fear. Motorbikes and anathematic. Well, uh, guys, I think we can probably wrap it up there because we've been gone for a little while now. So, um, let's just, uh, let's sign off and then we, uh, we will see a whole bunch of you this weekend can't wait can't fucking wait all right well yeah, uh, try to get down on friday get a get a drink um ha, we can yeah, we can uh, we can use table. all the help that we can get to to bump in Absolutely. so um looking forward to seeing as many people put down on uh, on on friday and then saturday sunday for the for games it'll be great awesome cool well all right, guys well uh thanks again fellas i've uh my name's nick i'm jacob I'm Val. And you've been listening to Loss of Lieutenant.